looks okay. nice too. Look, nicely printed discs. Very nicely printed discs. Not for you. Which now in a couple of months they're going to announce the Blu-rays. Yeah, that's what will happen. But that's okay. And it'll be a combo pack. 20 well, bucks for that. I'll no, take I yours. bet it won't. Because they've released them on Blu-ray in the UK. Yeah. And they're separate. And you would think that if they were going to do that here. <laughs> Nobody knows those films here. <laughs> that's why you have to do it as a two-pack. So they're real die-hard fans. That's why it would have to be a two-pack. Because individually they couldn't warrant oh, enough to point. sell it. That's a good point. All right. And we'll package anything together. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's well, shelf is a proof of that. You know the United States is the reason why the uh, trial, the t- not trial, uh, trial, yes. the first, key to time, key to time, yes, uh, came out as a box set. The U.S. is the reason why we because like they—that's what they said. They said yeah. the U.S. will only buy it if it's a box set. They like box sets. Warriors of the Deep box set. <laughs> But those eSpace trilogy box set. Those they did over in the UK that way. New right? beginnings box set. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk about? In news monsters box set, <laughs> which isn't in the US as far as I can tell. Doesn't matter. Oh, well, that's this the other news over. we should we talk about. We started the trend. The season seven date. Oh, box set. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. Three, two. One. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed up so one number one. <laughs> and he screwed me up. Oh, yeah, God. I thought, oh, we let him start. And then he stops in the middle of it. He didn't even interrupt you in the countdown. He waited until you started yeah. launching. You see how he ran it all together there? He three, did. Two, one. Three, two, one. There's no place I can edit that. I, I three, two, one. I thought I was like an, at an auctioneer. <laughs> Taking a page off of my sister. Three. Two. Is your sister an auctioneer? No. Well, what? Wait, wait, wait. Which sister? Okay, you're going to have to explain. <laughs> My sister has always talked very fast. She's always what? Talked really fast. Talked really fast. Uh, well, your now she lives does, up the East Coast, yeah. so she, she talks she, even faster. She does talk very fast. And it's gotten slower as she's aged. But now so she's we out there where everybody talks fast, just naturally. So, oh, so yeah. if we were she an East in. Coast podcast, would we come in under two hours? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But, but we drop our R's. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't started doing that yet. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> the kid's in the yard, not too far from the cat. <laughs> it's wicked pissa. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Are you ready? Yes. Three. Are you going to use this pre-roll this week? We haven't had any pre-roll in a while. <laughs> Might have to use this pre-roll. You should use some of pre-roll. Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 133. Onward, my brave Hawkman. Let this be known forever as Flash Gordon's Day. I'm Keith. Dave! I'm Sean. Gordon's alive? I'm Glenn. How are you guys? <laughs> Yours was good. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have his voice. I, I don't have his voice. I don't have his voice. And it's been too long since I've seen Flash Gordon. I need to rewatch. I have to remedy that. I know because Sarah's never seen it. Tweet along. Yeah, we, uh, you like answered me that because I thought, oh, let's do this right afterwards, and then I didn't see a respond from you, and then I got on the next day and you had. You said, oh, I'm intrigued. And I thought, dang, why didn't we do that? 
I was, I was all ready to do it then. I was late. So why didn't we do it last night? It was late. Why don't we do it now? Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, why are we recording this? <laughs> it's late. It's late. <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to us. Let's go do Flash Gordon. Yeah. Put it out as a side trip. Let's do yeah. Let's do a Flash Gordon side trip. But us comment. Uh, us commenting. Yeah, Audio commentary, commentary for Flash Gordon. Sure. Dude, time and place. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Me too, though. I'm Me too. ready. I love that. We can I, tweet I, along if, and everything. If I go literally longer than eight months without watching Flash Gordon, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly. It's, I need I, to watch it more than I do. I get to that stage. <laughs> what, what, you, you know what's sad? Do you need to watch again? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's sad or not. I've seen Tron, the original Tron, twice since I've seen Flash Gordon last. That's a little weird. It is a little weird. <laughs> But then again, I did, I, did, I did rewatch it earlier this week to celebrate its 31st anniversary. I saw that. I meant to post that on the uh, air. Uh, it's how many? Reverse the polarity. 31st. 31st. But that was the anniversary. What was it, Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday. A lot of stuff happened Tuesday. What else happened Tuesday? I said something that would have PG 13 us. That's why you're the R rated guy. <laughs> what else happened Tuesday? All that news you were pulling up. Oh, yeah, that, that was the ninth, wasn't it? All that was on the ninth. Oh, yeah. What was it about Tuesday? Apparently there wasn't many other releases that day. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that was the th- 31st anniversary of Tron, which still so far ahead of its time. And Britney watched Tron. And which, then followed up with Tron Legacy. And followed, so she, and I'm, I, I didn't get to ask her after she watched meant Tron to. Uprising yet? She started it. Oh. She really liked it. So. She really liked Tron and Tron Legacy. Oh, Britney. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't watched it, go watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially if you like Classic Who. Like, if, if you can watch Classic Who and not have any issues with any effects, while Tron still holds up, it, it's easier to step into it with a, um, want, well, a Classic Who mindset. Yeah, I guess I'll give you that. But it's Tron is it's ahead of its time when it, it came out. It's still ahead of its time. The ideas are ahead of its time. The execution was ahead of its time. But compared to what we can do now, it looks like pre-visualization. Yeah, okay, I guess I can grant you that. And having just watched it on Tuesday, I can attest to this. <laughs> as it, I still love it, and I still find it immensely enjoyable, and I can look past the effects because of what it is. But some people might not be able to. Did you hear the guy that did... I, this really just <coughs> blew my mind. The guy that did Tron Legacy has signed on, and is the, the guy that wrote it is writing Tron 3. The guy that directed it is directing Tron 3. And who, these two guys... Who just have, recently did Oblivion. And he, he also directed Oblivion. And these two guys have apparently also been tapped to remake... Flash Gordon. The Black Hole. Ooh. No, yeah. You can't, you can't remake Me? Flash Gordon. No. You, I'd like to see them try. Sci-Fi Channel tried. <clears throat> That's actually released. Yeah, yeah. We, we, where did I see that? Right, I saw that, that whole collection box set. Like the entire series. tried to make series. it a TV series. And it was like well, seven bucks. it was bucks. originally a serial. And I, I wouldn't pay seven bucks. Well, they were, they were trying to launch it into a, their well, yeah. next TV series. Yeah, I was did trying to be the next series. Seriously, did you watch it? No. I looked at the trailer. I watched a little bit. I watched the trailer and got excited. Yeah, I did too. Because the Queen theme song. And then I watched the pilot in the first... I think two episodes after That's that. That's how far I got. It was god awful. It was, it was bad. And I, I, I looked at it and said, nothing can touch the movie. They turned, don't even try. No, I mean, it wasn't even. It's, it's not even. If you want to do Flash Gordon and go in a completely different direction, like the comic books lines right, that are right. reading right now are fantastic because it's the, the story of Flash Gordon, but it's not the 1980 Flash Gordon. Right. And I'm okay with that. 
Because you can't. There's, you can't. The lightning in the bottle of the 1980 film, you're just not going to be able to do. They turned Ming in the television series into a, I kid you not, corporate raider. Yeah. He yeah. was a guy in a suit and a tie who yeah. was negotiating deals. And he, he was like, like Gordon Siffy. Gecko from Outer Space. Yeah, it was and horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, it was bad. <clears throat> anyway, enough about that. So, yeah, have a good I, remake I of Black Hole. Bad. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little excited. I don't like remakes as a general rule, but I'm a little excited by this. I like the black hole. The black, <laughs> see, the black hole is one of those films that I enjoyed it. It's it's not on the top of it, oh, and no, it's a Disney it's, film. And I, I mean, I should be uh, gushing all over that movie, but it, you know, don't get me wrong. It's what it is. The, it the bored me when I was a kid. Film. It was don't it, get me wrong. It bored, <laughs> the heck, it bored the heck out of me when I was a kid. I'll be the first to admit it because I expected Star Wars or Star Trek or he's just. And it bored the heck out of me. Now, at, when I went and revisited it later, as, as well, I think in high school or maybe even college, I enjoyed it a lot more because it's a lot more cerebral than cerebral yeah. than it. Sh- you know, and Disney shouldn't be doing that kind of movie for kids. But uh, I enjoyed it a lot more. And then I've seen it recently in the last few years, and again, on, I think it was on Disney XD or Disney Channel or something late at night, and 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 thoroughly enjoyed it again. So it's one of those movies that I have watched probably once every seven or. Ten years, but I, I don't, probably won't watch it again for another ten years. See, I'm about, I'm about it, due for a, a, a rewatch, and when I got excited about the news, I told Mel it was like they're remaking the Black Hole, and she kind of paused for a minute and she cocked her head and she goes, "The Black Hole, like the one that you made me watch when we first got together, Black Hole." <laughs> <laughs> so she remembers it. That's how scarred it, it made her. Uh, it wasn't Brazil, but. <laughs> Ah, oh, Brazil's an awesome film. Uh, she and Will did not like Brazil. Oh, I was gosh. banned from picking movies for a long time. Oh, after making how it. did they like, not like they, it? Such they, a they, great they, they did not like Brazil. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, The Black so Hole, good. not a good movie. But I, honestly, I, this is weird. I have stronger memories of like The Black Hole, I really honestly think may have been my first big sci-fi film, even though I know I went and saw Star Wars at the drive-in. But Well, Star Wars isn't a sci-fi film. Oh, it isn't? No, it's science fantasy. Okay, well, I went and saw... Science fantasy at the drive-in. <laughs> um, but The Black Hole was my first real science fiction film. My dad took me to the Dickinson downtown. I, mm, I don't know what that is. We had a movie there, theater there used downtown. to be a movie theater downtown at Dickinson, and it had a balcony. It's also where I saw Return of the Jedi. I Isn't it now like an appliance mart or something? It's nothing. It's, right, it's that weird little strip building that's across the street from the courthouse, from the <clears> County, whatever it is, that's like nothing there at uh, 7th and... I don't remember Man, the actual said it's theater. Seventh Quincy or something. There used to be a building there, but it had a balcony. So I saw Return of the Jedi too. Anyway, so we went and saw it there, and it, it was it was one of those things. I remember the previews because we used to watch Magnum, and for some reason Disney advertised the heck out of this movie on Magnum, and I was kind of scared by the previews. It was like I, I would not go see that movie, and my dad apparently thought, "Hey, let's go take Sean to see that movie," <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it transformed my life, gave me a love of robots and. Star Wars is enough to do that for me, but nah. <clears throat> Star Wars hit me on a different level. I don't know. The Star Wars was almost too big for my brain, but the, the Black <laughs> Hole, for whatever reason, opened that. And it was after the Black Hole that I went. And I got into Star Trek, and I got into. I started devouring mm. everything science fiction after the Black Hole. Huh, I'm there. Well, you, you if it makes certainly you, got a lot more attachment to it than I. Yeah, do. I don't know why. If it makes you feel better, then um, you know, Star Wars led me to the Black Hole. So you can yeah, trace you it go. right there. But. <laughs> well, it didn't. Your dad went, hey, I like Star Wars. Maybe I like the Black Hole. Oh, that's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Wars led your dad to lead you to the Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, 
What'd you guys do this week? <clears throat> I hung out with both of you, but Should, yeah, no, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah, because today Sean and I was uh, probably about you know, 200 feet from each other the whole afternoon. I wasn't anywhere near there. You were. I was, I was in there. There, I was. I was here the whole time. Well, almost until we went over to Sarah's mom's. Oh, we went and saw Epic last night mm. at the Chief How Theater. Was it? it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It, it, not as good as Rise of the Guardians, but still, still quite that. enjoyable. Did you know? <clears throat> same author. The two. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't know. The, that. He wrote the books. Well, the isn't book. he rolling in the dough this year? Yeah, really. Wow. He also wrote the original book for um, Meet the Robinsons. Oh, hey. That man. one little section that they had fun with in the middle of the movie, mm-hmm. that was what he wrote. <laughs> Where he's running around and meeting all the relatives. That's it. That was what the book was. Huh. But yeah, he wrote... Uh, Way to flesh that out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he wrote... Uh, it's a whole line for Rise of the Guardians. It looks like several books for this. Uh, whatever. I can't remember what... Well, that's all they commission films for now, is if it's got more than six books, so they uh, continue to make sequels from them, so... It doesn't look like we're going to get a Rise of the Guardian sequel, unfortunately. No, it kind of didn't do that well. It, was, it, it didn't do as well as they hoped. I think it made back its money, but not oh, enough that's to. Too bad. You know, Epic was really You both cute. enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, Rise of the Guardians took me so by surprise. I so enjoyed that movie. I really did not think I was going to, and I loved it. It was just really cool. Epic it, was a lot of fun. It was just I mean, it's Fern Gully, but it was what, just What cute. I was impressed by is, it, unlike Fern Gully and unlike Avatar, it didn't beat me over the head with a message. Yeah. I was impressed by that. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, I, that's what that's I was really worried about. I, I, I feared it was going to be very Ferngully and going to beat me over the and, head and, with a message. And don't get me wrong, be because I'm thing. all for saving the rainforest. I'm all for con- conservation. I'm a bleeding heart liberal, so I have to. It's kind of you know part of the mandatory. But um, but yeah, I just don't like when they just. Yeah, no, really, there wasn't even. There, there really wasn't one. The okay. message wasn't there. Good, so. good, good. And Christoph Waltz was the bad guy. Oh, is that right? Yeah, cool. I didn't know that. And I started Voice listening to him, and I was like. Is that Christoph Lambert? No, it's Christoph Waltz. <laughs> and surprisingly, cool. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler's in it? Yeah. I'll be darned. As a stone hippie caterpillar. Yeah. Does not, the voice does not match for me. But uh, Crystal Dowd did a really good job in it, too. Oh, that's right. From the IT count crowd. Yeah. Colin Farrell was okay. It wasn't bad. There's I, a lot of names in that movie. Um, as well as Josh Hutchinson. As as he's and Zari wasn't annoying, surprisingly. Beyonce. Beyonce's in it. And uh, what's her face? Lily. <laughs> Lily from Veronica Mars. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. That's who she'll always be to me, that's who I was introduced to. She was Mamma Mia in Mamma Mia. She, oh, okay. She, she, she's oh, she's okay. a pretty big name. Actually. She was Mamma Mia? She was in Mamma Mia. Mia. She okay. was Mamma Mia in Mamma Mia. <laughs> she was in Mamma Mia. I don't know. I haven't no, seen No, because it. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it Meryl Streep that was Mamma Mia in Mamma Mia? <laughs> was that her name? <laughs> was Mamma Mia? No, but that's who they should be referencing when she sings the song. Um, and was Jason that Meryl Sinatis. Streep? The mom in there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Meryl Streep, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. <clears throat> Amanda Seyfried. Christine. She was also in Little Ride Bar Riding Hood. Well, well, she was yeah. just in Les Mis, wasn't Barnlonsky. she? Wasn't she Cosette? Yeah, she was in Les Mis. What's Christine's last name? Barnlonsky? Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> I just like the way Dad talked. <laughs> That's the thing. They're, they're moving faster when they're small. And so 
us look big and stupid and sound stupid because we're in a slower. Uh, it's like a slower dimension almost. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very well thought out, and very unique. I, I really enjoyed it. It was cool. Not one I would own or rewatch often, but I'm glad I saw it. Oh, good. Well, maybe I'll take the kids to see it. Oh, yeah, they would like it. I think they would. Uh, I saw Men in Black this week. Finally. Three, Three. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was a Finally. You're really Finally. Yeah, in, in about 15 years, I'll see the third film. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I, Keith brought this up a couple weeks ago that. That I watched it. it yeah. yeah when you, I didn't well, go into much I, detail about well, it. you brought up the fact that it's. I don't know if you did on the show, but you brought up the fact that. Once he goes back in time, it becomes a good movie, yeah. and it's true. It's like the first part of the film is just kind of. Well, it's the second. It's act like strug- of the film Yeah, it's like it's struggling it- to get somewhere. Yeah, awesome. And but if, if the payoff is the fact that he has to go back and fix what's happened, and then and then when he gets back there in time, and my gosh, Josh, Josh Brolin, ah, <laughs> oh, he he so emulates. No, he so imitates. He did a really good job. He emulates, he imitates, he embodies. Embodies, yeah. Every word for it. He is just He was so good in that. Um, And an enjoyable story and a nice time travel movie. (laughs) It it makes sense. It's got a nice little... It's it's a good finale to the series because it's got like a nice little... I mean, they'll sure they'll try to keep going on and doing them, but... As long as Tommy doesn't have to be in them. That's that's why he liked about this one is he didn't have to be himself for this one for very long. Um, but yeah, yes, it was good. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I was glad I saw it. And uh, two thumbs far up. and away better than two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two was horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, did you notice the, uh, the dog reference? The dog. Reference. The pug wasn't in the oh, movie. Oh yeah, but, he wasn't in it. But he, did you see the billboard? I when, did when not. he gets pulled over. He's on the billboard. Did it say, "Have you seen this dog?" No, it was oh, like that would have been clever. No, it would have been clever, but it was he was uh, one of the side shows at the carnival. He was at oh, <laughs> so he was on <laughs> the board okay, that way. That's cool. I'd hope to see Tony Shalhoub too, but he wasn't. Yeah, that, that, he was. Why, why, why was the? Would have you seen this dog? Why would that have been clever? Because he's not in two. He's not, or he's not, he's not in three. In three. Right. He's not in the movie. That's well, because he's dead. No. Yes, the dog died in the past. The real dog. Oh, the real dog died. The real dog. Died. Oh. Yeah. That's not true. Uh, End of they, the dog. They could have gotten another pug. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Did you see? <laughs> did you Frank see anything? Anything this week um, worthwhile mentioning? You saw. You watched something else. What else did I watch? The host. I did watch the host. I watched the host with Holly last night. <laughs> Why? Why did you have to go there? Why did you have to bring that up? Stephanie Meyer. Oh, it's much better than Twilight. I'll tell you that right now. Which and I. And so was Men in Black guys, too. You guys know that I have You've been. Seen all I've the seen Twilights. all the. Well, I, we haven't seen the last one yet, but which I'm surprised because my wife's such a Twilight fan. But um, I, I've I've been the first to admit that they're not bad. I mean, they don't turn me off. I've watched them. I wouldn't watch any of them again. But and I don't think. Vampires should sparkle, but they're they're fine films. They're fine stories. They're okay. The host is far and above beyond. Uh, it's it's really I, I really sl- like the Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very slow. It's very slow. There's very little action, but I highly commend Stephanie Myers for coming up with a very original idea. That's what I like to see in films nowadays. Is with so many copycat films, with so many remakes, with so many. Um, retroping something, I I absolutely love the fact that the, this is an original, a relatively original idea. So the the host is about these alien entities that kind of take over humans, right? Yes. <laughs> so you're I realize yes. inherently there's a trope. Not. 
original at it's all. It's not Body Snatchers. No, it's not because or... no, it's not because the it's that concept, but the takeover is is quite different, and the how they act afterwards is quite different. After they take over, they, the the invasion is is quite different. So, go ahead. I'm gonna call shenanigans on it. <laughs> it is. It's it. Overall, it is quite unique and interesting take on an invasion. Let's say that. So, um, Futurama, the beast with a billion backs, where everybody's happy. <laughs> or the Futurama episode where they've got brain slugs and they don't care. The, these, these, never mind. I'm not going to go. No. <laughs> I could spend three hours bashing a film I haven't seen, and I'm not going to go there. So, Anyway, it's worth checking out. Disbelieve. That's all I've seen, though. Well, it's been taken over by a pod. My eyes are all light blue now. Actually, my eyes are already light blue. <laughs> Lighter blue. But Lighter blue. Sparkle. I don't sparkle. Well, that was... There's a little bit of a love triangle going on, and that's when I made the comment to Holly that uh, I'm sensing a pattern in Stephanie Meyer's story, and she looked at me and said, well, at least they're not sparkling in this one. <laughs> of, of the, to be fair, of the Stephanie Meyer stories, I'd be more willing to watch The Host over Twilight. Will read The Host. Or rather, he tried to. I just, I don't... I, 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 was, I tried I was really... reading Twilight, and it's... I don't want to make this sound chauvinistic, but it's not really a man's taste in writing. It's written from a woman's perspective, and I can imagine the host sort of is too. And I have read books written from a woman's perspective. I've read, you know, Divergent. I read, uh, I think that was written by a woman. <laughs> I can't remember for sure. Now. Sorry. Um, you know, but I've read books. Our that are, librarian's going to send you feedback. <laughs> I, I have read books that are written from a female perspective, or the the char- the, you know, the character is a female. But it Twilight, is by a woman, Divergent was. Yeah, Twilight. I, I was pretty certain it was. Twilight is just it's. Well, the Hunger Games. It's Stephanie you know Collins. that's right, Stephanie Collins. Uh, yeah, which JK both Rowling. both great, but well, but but, but Rowling wrote under a male pseudonym and wrote, yeah, a, a male character. In fact, when she first started writing Harry Potter, nobody knew she was a woman. That's why she used the pseudonym R.K. She, that's not her real name, but she used J- uh, Rowling. J.K. J.K. Is. Not R.K. J.K. is not her. It's her not, oh, that's right. The reason she did it is so that people would presume it was a man. It sounded more masculine, is what it was. That's what her publisher told her to do. Do you see that she wrote a secret crime novel? Uh, she was the secret author of a crime novel. Yeah, I did. That just, re- that just leaked this week yeah. uh, under under her, a man's name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The cuckoo's calling. Yeah. So, um, which our library has, by the way, because yeah. they tweeted. That's where I saw it first. <laughs> they tweeted. They uh, Facebook banned. Um, but back to Stephanie Meyer's Twilight. At least in that book, it's it is very female oriented. So I that's I think that's why men don't enjoy reading it as much. I tried reading it. I don't mind that it's soap opera. It's a bit soap opera. I, I, yeah. I don't mind that it's um, female oriented young girl soap opera. I mind that it's badly. It is written. badly written too. I would agree. With Top that. to bottom. Front to back, page to page, it's badly written. I would agree that it's badly written, and as a I writer, presume, I'm offended. I would presume that the host is too, because I think I'm sure she, she probably got wrote it. She went, but it yeah. doesn't matter. As a, I'm sure as, she as a writer, wrote it. I'm offended that somebody decided to publish that. 
<laughs> I mean, quite honestly, the, 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 there, there are books that here's the thing, make though, me Sean. angry. It's, here's, Aragon. The thing. here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's not for you. Oh, don't even. But here's the other thing. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> the other flip side of that, though, Sean, is it got published and millions of people are reading it. So clearly, even if you're offended by it or offended that it got published as badly as it's written... Millions of people are reading it and but enjoying it. millions of people don't make it right. Millions of people watch Dancing with the Stars. That's the problem, is that it's... It, thing, thing, things like that get published and contribute to the overall dumbing down of society. Well, no, I would agree with they that. They bring the bar down so low that it makes reality television acceptable because, well, yeah, everybody else is doing it. And, and those are the things... For every one I person that goes that. out and reads Twilight, that. that's one less person reading Shakespeare. That's the argument, is that it's just wrong. Yeah. But, but to be fair, the people who are picking up Twilight probably wouldn't be picking up Shakespeare anyways. They're never going to now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they would have anyway. They, though, they, yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't is, anyways, but, but we, there's, a, there's a possibility that they could read Twilight like it. This is why I, I'm not a fan of Twilight, but I can look past it, because there's a chance they might read Twilight, and then they might pick up The Hunger Games. And then they might move upward. Yeah, readers have agree. to start it somewhere. Unfortunately, it, it does work the other direction. We can't all start with Doctor Seuss. And I think, I think, <laughs> I think, or Dahl. I think books. <laughs> I think books are making a resurgence all in right, popular I'll, I'll culture as well because Look there are a lot of people are... reading these books, and now these are books that are that the studios are grabbing on and saying we're going to make these into movies. So I mean, especially young there, adult there is books, a because we don't have any new ideas. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, that's. But there, there is a resurgence in, in books. But I can't believe me. If I hadn't remembered, I watched The Host, and you hadn't reminded me, we never would have gone down this road. I figured you would bring it up. Why? Did you watch anything this week, Sean? I think I already asked you. No, we, I mean, we went and saw Epic. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, think I, only saw I, I, I had plans to watch... Um, <laughs> Don't bring it up if you had plans to well, watch, we were gonna watch and you didn't We were going to watch Cloud Atlas. Um, but oh, got swamped see, with all of. Too. Uh, I'm real excited about that one. You are for real. I'm very real excited. Oh. But I've that's too bad because you'll be. I've liked all the Wachowski the stuff. Though. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like Speed Racer, so I'm yeah. you know. I liked Speed Racer. It was a fine movie. But um, yeah, we we got so busy with so family bad stuff. Things about. So. Uh, went to Fiesta last night. How was that? So good. Oh my God, the food's so good. If Fiesta for those Mexicana. that don't remember <laughs> from last year. Because we, we did talk about it last year. But, it is, but we do have new listeners. It is awesome Mexican food. It is a benefit for a Catholic school here in Topeka uh, called Our Lady of Guadalupe. And every year they hold a big fiesta for a week. It's a week-long thing. And basically they, they, they make money off their food sales because their food is so good. And uh, everybody goes up there, and, and it's always the hottest week of the year. Although it wasn't too bad this week, but <laughs> it's normally the hottest yeah. week of the year. Yeah. And you used to have to sit outside, but now you can go inside and eat because they've built a big activity center. But it's That's it's great food. Vendors. They have a carnival, and they have a lot of vendors out there and whatnot. And it's just it's it's really huge here in Billy, Topeka. Billy was uh, they're in there like eighty something. It's their eightieth year. Yeah. Billy was volunteering through ROTC, and he's been doing that all week, hmm. cool. doing stuff. So. So we did that last night, and today I took the kids to the zoo. We went to the zoo, and then obviously we were about two or 300 feet from you. I see <laughs> feet, probably yards. Probably more, yards. More yeah. like football fields. But. We, we took the kids and ran around um, the playland and the animal park and did the Animal training, land? Animal land. <laughs> 
had fun. I saw your, red, your road blame, or mini blame. Road blame. Is that its name? Blame. I didn't know it had a name. Oh. Wait, read the Dark Tower, damn it. Oh, it's Charlie the Choo Choo. <laughs> Charlie That's the Choo Choo. That's not actually That's the train's right. name either. But. No. <laughs> Charlie the Choo Choo. Blaine is a pain. Blaine is a pain. That'll be my next set of Instagram photos. Is uh, <gasps> Ooh, Dark Tower. Oh, I should totally do a Dark Tower photo challenge. That would be tough. <laughs> but we'd have the upper hand over people <laughs> outside of Topeka. How do you take pictures of things that happen? <laughs> uh, there is no movie of this no. yet. And you'll have had to have read the entire series. Although I still haven't read that the new one that came out. Oh, it's good. I need to. Went through the keyhole. It's good. Good, 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 good. Actually, it probably was complete crap. I don't care. Roland was back. <laughs> you got to I, go back. I well, got to go back to Midworld. That's my only apprehension to reading it, is I went from point A to point B in the Dark Tower world, and now I'm going to get plopped in the middle for a story that he just happened to forget to write. He didn't forget to write it. He just didn't realize he forgot to write it. It's it's an aside. Is it? It's, it's very much. It's not. Is a, it more like young? I mean, it's not. But is it more like young Roland? And we get to do a little flashback in Wizards and Glass. And um, sort of in that it, 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 it's it's set right after they leave the Emerald City. Right. In quotes. At the end of, of, of Wizards well, and Glass. Well, because that's good because there's a big gap between that and Wolves, and, in my opinion. Yeah, and it, it is Eddie and Susan and and Jake and Oi and Roland. <sighs> And but I just made my then, peace with what happens to everybody at the end. And then they hole up due to a storm, and he tells oh, a story. Jake's with him at that point. Yeah. Okay. Good. And so he Roland tells a story. We spoil a few things. And so the story is a flashback of young Roland, which is the mission that he goes on after he comes back from Magus. Oh, good. Okay. So he kind of tells well, the continuing right story that, yeah. of that. And then this is kind of the interesting part of that: young Roland is telling a story. At that point of the narrative, it's a story and a story and a story. And so there's another story within it <laughs> that's kind of—it's uh, almost a fable, but it really delves into some oh, of the wow. Dark Tower mythos and Marilyn and stuff oh, like okay. that. And then you come out of that and go back to the let's resolve young Roland story, and then you come out of that and go on with her. her. All right, it's it's good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. He's bored. He's <laughs> well, a trip to Gage Park let us down the dark. Well, I'm, I'm just if you read the Dark Tower, the, yeah, the Dark he's Tower. told me all about that connection. I just haven't read it. Tower's so awesome! <laughs> so awesome! I turned somebody they can't, else. I don't I want to see some, any I, other know. media, though. I don't want to see a movie. I don't want to see a TV series. I, I do. I just I can't it, help it. it would, I would be so disappointed with either, either or, even I'm even a mixture of both. Is that good? Yes, so far. You're reading it too? Oh no, watching it. Or, Watching it too? I just had a book on the brain. You well, I watching read it. it too. I have not read it, but I'm watching it. It's significantly different from the book, at least some of the characters. Oh, is it? They've changed a lot, but so far I haven't mind that they've changed it. And I think Stephen King had something very interesting to say on the subject when uh, he related a story that uh, somebody was talking to about uh, the guy that wrote From Here to Eternity, and they were asking him at the time the movie came out, "Are you mad that they changed this and they changed that, and you know all this stuff is different?" And the guy looked at. Uh, the reporter says, well, nothing's changed. And he says, what do you mean? I've changed. And he says, no, it's all right here in between these covers. Every single page is exactly as I wrote it. And Stephen King said, I kind of feel that way about it. He says, I read that and thought, that's genius. That's the way I'm going to look at it from now on. So if you, dear reader, are upset, just go back and pick up the book again. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. And it's like, you know what? I'm okay with this now. So, but, yeah, it's it's been really, really well done so far on television. Oh, yeah. So That'll be something I'll eventually get to, I'm sure. Everything I, 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 I hope they don't 
try to stretch it too far. Though. No, I'm, I'm really. They One said 13 episodes. I think 13 episodes and we're done. You think, I really you don't hope think it's going to go for I season I really two? hope that they're done with it. It's just going to be a summer miniseries event, and that's it. Which is a shame because Brian K. Vaughn is very talented. If you haven't read uh, Why the Last Man, go pick that up. Of course, I slightly fanboy him because he went on to work on Lost. So. Ah. Oh, that was his downfall. <laughs> and, then he went, and then he also worked on... Yeah, he shouldn't have mentioned that, because now I will not go pick that book up. This is his comeback. This was crime. before. <laughs> oh, okay. Was Why Early comeback? Lost? Early Lost, uh, yeah. Right. Brian K. Vaughn was I did like Early Lost. lost so. okay. When it was good? When it was good. And his other X-Men Actually, the only time it was bad was the last episode. Well, and the For one, me. And the one with Biling. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. That's the worst episode of the show. Yeah, the one with Biling. That episode sucked so much. I I, I it was going even, downhill. That episode was almost the breaking point. Even I admit that <laughs> episode was horrible. Let's talk about things that have no bearings on anything. It was like an episode of Trap the Vortex. It was like they went <laughs> off over here. What are you doing? What are you doing over there? Get back here. I decided that's our new mission statement. We should start celebrating those episodes that change direction suddenly. And we, 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 we did very much. You were going really good, and then all of a sudden you went over here. We should be all like, this is the greatest episode ever, because it made no sense. <laughs> Let's be that podcast. Uh, did you guys do anything else this weekend? I hung out with Mel's family all weekend. I'm exhausted. No, we went I almost called you guys to postpone today. <laughs> Sarah's mom's for her birthday tonight. Oh, I grilled. Happy birthday, Sarah's mom. Yeah. What'd you grill? Uh, some burgers, some hot dogs, and some chicken. I never grilled chicken that way. So I see how it experience. is. Sarah's mom gets home grilled stuff. Will you invite? She bought. You invite she, Mel and I over to dinner. We get Pizza Hut. I, that's Sarah, okay. Sarah's mom bought the grilled stuff, and I don't have a grill, so. Nah, all right. Then. <laughs> she bought the supplies. I just cooked. It. I realize now I owe you guys a dinner because I think uh, we're, I think we're too behind. Don't now, worry about actually, it. But they had us over for pizza before we went to see Epic. Ah. I don't know anybody, anybody, nobody ever invites me to dinner, so you never come. <laughs> <laughs> we think about inviting you yeah. and then we go, well, he's probably spending time with his family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> since he doesn't get to see them very much. At least all as a family unit. Yes. At yes. the same time. Yeah. Well let's move on to news. <laughs> First bit. Matt, uh, Stephen Moffat's been asked a bunch of stuff about different things. But he one, wanted to be Matt Smith. But the, one thing Smith we're, the one thing we're going to focus on <laughs> is when we will see the 12th Doctor in the Christmas special. According to Stephen Moffat, it will be a traditional regeneration. You know, the 11th will fall and the 12th shall rise, and you'll see that in the closing moments of the show. And it's gonna, and the 50th is going to be movie length. That's well, we knew that it was going to be movie length. We suspected that it was going to be. He said it's going to be as long as it needs to be. That's it's what he said be before. As long as it needs to be. That's right. You're right. That's, that's all he that. said. Now it's he's saying be as long as it needs to it's be. movie length. Yeah, that's right. But again, movie length over there could be an hour. I'm personally, I'm banking on like no, an hour. I'm banking we're going to get a 90 minute special. He says, "Yeah, I'm saying it with a slight hit of vagueness because I don't know the finishing runtime. It's certainly well over an hour." We need already that for the uh, yeah. news. What is that? Uh, I think it's like a telegraph or something. <laughs> <laughs> and why do you have it? It's no. a telegraph sound from my email. When my email comes oh, in, it, it was an email. Okay, okay, that's no, no, it was a, <laughs> I knew it was I a got, telegraph. I caught a telegraph. <laughs> you don't have the Western I, Union app? I don't have the Western oh. Union app. There's an app for that? The incredible thing is I get messages from 1885. So. 
by the time you read this, you will have seen the door. This guy looks extremely like Joe, Joe Flaherty comes and delivers him to me. Second best cameo in the trilogy. <laughs> Wait, what was the first? Um, one of the cronies in Back to the Future 2 that's running around with the gang is Billy Zane. Is Billy Zane. No, that's yeah, not really a cameo. That wasn't a cameo because he was nobody, was at, the nobody time. at the time. And he's in... He's, he's no, yeah, the third best cameo in Back to the Future 2? Flea? No. <laughs> Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Again, he's not a cameo. He's a nobody. <laughs> he's uh, Jules and Vern. He's one of the two. No, no, no. no. He's the kid in the, uh, the, kid in the cafe. The oh, that's right. The, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. In the, when the, the baby toy. That's right. You mean you have to use your hands? hands? It's like a baby's toy. Oh, it's Frodo! <laughs> and I'm retconning it, so now it is a cameo, so be quiet over there. Anyway, so take that with a grain of salt. Moppet lies. And the other, yeah. thing, the other thing, he said that he signed on for sure for another year with a new doctor. That Matt signed on no, for another no, year? No, Moffat signed on for another year. That Matt signed on. He, he, they, <laughs> what should do about nothing? That the, should be the title of the new episode. <laughs> <laughs> the article ends with, so no plans to leave as yet. Ah. For those wondering about... Well, we'll be talking about his departure next year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or his impending departure. So I have to ask, Keith, are you... When you read these things about the 50th and... Still abstract. Doctor, okay. It's an abstract concept. It's, it's not an exciting. It's going to be an abstract concept until even you every we show, watch series eight. You think every showrunner will stay with two doctors? RTD had two. <laughs> Although it was the opposite, what? he he was there <laughs> for a year and then had to, a year and then yeah, three. And then we had well, technically, and then three this time, and then he'll be there for another. As year. As far as we're aware, uh, Stevens having three doctors. Well, that's true. That's a good point. Unless they announce that John Hurt is the new doctor. <laughs> well, that's an entire possibility. Wibbly, <laughs> I did my happy dance there. Yeah. You couldn't see that at home. I would love to see John Hurt as the new doctor. I'd be so excited for that. Might be interesting to see some episodes. All right. Uh, we've got some news on this on the new McGann, uh, box set for the UK. For the UK, Unfortunately, least, we, we don't, don't, know, anything we don't know if it's um, being released for the US. But they are releasing six different monster collections, pairing an old episode with a new episode. Um, things like the Master, Davros, Daleks, Cybermen, Santarans, and Silurians. And that uh, kind of hopes is to get younger viewers discovering the classic episodes. Uh, the episodes are putting together. For the Master, I was telling you about this and I was wrong, it's Terror of the Autons and the End of Time. <laughs> I don't know that I'd have paired those. Wait. Well, it's his first and appearance and his last. His so. first and his last. Yeah, I would not have paired them. I wouldn't have either. But but most of these are paired first and first. I, yeah, I'd have done uh, uh, Sound of Drums. Sound of Drums. And, uh, but then you, you know, the time I, you'd still kind of need Utopia in there. Uh, that might be the problem. Is that, that Maybe that's why they didn't want to put three. Because none of the other it's ones that are that quasi-first part. Yeah, but some of the other ones have really long old episodes. Well, so that's true. You could backdate that and do a, a shorter new old Who and a longer new Who run. But anyway. True. Uh, Davros, Genesis of the Daleks, and The Stolen Earth Journey's End. But that's all they could do, though, there. For the new, but yeah, not classic. Davros is... They could have done other classics, but rightfully so, his introduction. Yeah. Uh, the Daleks, they're doing The Daleks, and Asylum of the Daleks. 
all That's seven parts. <laughs> wow. Of That's network. interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. But notice that's the first single parter for the new series because the other two yeah, are, have true. two parters. Yeah. So. But I, I, would, I would think if they were going to do... only one parter. No, the Daleks. That, he's saying new series. New series. All the other episodes all the, other, the ones two-parters. that he has said so far have been two parters for the new series. This one is only oh, one. Right, but, okay. But because they're doing the seven so episodes. Right. Okay. I got you. you only have one story. I yeah. follow. Uh, Cybermen. It's Tomb of the Cybermen. And Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's first and first. Well, almost well, first. not first, but... It's first full available. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's a good point. Because... <laughs> yeah, Tenth Planet, Planet hasn't come out yet. <clears throat> uh, Time it's Warrior... first and first. <laughs> it's third, I guess. Yeah. There's one more in the end of that, or a couple more in of that. Moon Base. Moon Base. Wheel in Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fourth... Tenth planet moon base, we want space. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the Santarans, it's the Time Warrior, and then Santaran Stratagem and Poison Sky. <sighs> Seems about Time right. Warrior's good, yeah. And then the Silurians, the Silurians, and Hungry or Earth Cold you Light. Could, you couldn't do any other Silurians. You don't think, think they could have done Warriors of the Deep? Of deep. Uh, <laughs> they could have done it, but it would have been. So what's interesting? So is there's another seven. It's, it's pulling back seven episodes, but that's of, two parts. Well, that's that's just it. Yeah, this is a big, major, that's long big one part. now because you've got a two-parter and a. What's interesting is two-parter. Could have done sea devils. That's only six-parter. Yeah, yeah, but that's not that no, that's not Silurians technically. Mm, yeah. No, there's not. They and they, they mentions he mentions the Silurians because and that's when he says, "Well, they were actually into scenes because it would have been the scene. That's why they correct that. Yeah, fix the name. All will be released on the UK. Uh, <laughs> but did they fix the, the name? September for 30th. Warriors of the Deep. No, we went back to Silurians. <laughs> I just thought those were kind what of was interesting pairings. Hungry Earth, Cold Blood. Oh, all right. Is there an angel picture? Or is that just nope. A, they're only doing six first. Oh, that's a... Well, they couldn't do an angels anyway. There were only angels pro, in the That's a promotional image. Oh, they're not that we knew of. <laughs> <laughs> so, would, what, what other monster collections Remember do you guys want to see? where Tom Baker was like this through the whole thing? <laughs> well, we could do Terror of the Zygons and uh, 50th, 50th whatever they call their 50th anniversary special. You could do an Auton one. Yeah. You, you could do Rose do and... Spearhead. Spearhead. Are there any other ones that... You could do uh, the macro. You could do macro terror and <laughs> if, it uh, if, if it was available, uh, uh, gridlock. Thank you, gridlock. No, you could do that. I, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if eventually they do an ice warrior one. In that. Yeah, because you could do that now that you have, we have the animated coming. Mm-hmm. I want new who to bring Mikey. Who back. else has appeared? Is that all the return returning? Uh, well, you look at the. We, we, the big one for the first season was the Daleks were back. The big one for the second season was Cybermen. The big one for the third season was the Master. The big one for the fourth season was Jabra. So yeah, that's pretty. And then we had Cybermen and then and nothing in the sixth because they created new monsters. Yeah, the sixth was. What did you say the first series was? Daleks. Oh. But it was Daleks and Autos. Well, no, uh, yeah, because always, they always had a smaller one yeah. and a large one each. Season. What was the small one in remember. season three? I can't remember. Macro. That that was no. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that was, was two. Three. So that, what was, that was three. What was two? Cyberman. Yeah, but there was another... What was the small one? There was, was the a, small there one. There was a little one. <laughs> hey, the small Because the Daleks came back again. <laughs> I 
I don't remember another one. I don't remember another one either. So maybe that's not the, the case. werewolf. <laughs> well, <laughs> then we do a werewolf episode. Anyway, we've, anyway. we've dwelt way too long on this monster. So I'm, I'm, I'm all kinds of excited about a box set. Box set that we won't <laughs> get here in the states. Oh, I'm sure we will get it. You know what they ought to do? They but are you going to pick it up? Yeah. You would get it. Hell You'd yeah. buy it. You know You've what? got all these episodes already on DVD. You pick it up yeah. again. Because it's a box set. Because it's a box set. <laughs> uh, what they ought to do is they should brand them here in the U.S. and they should brand them Adversary Archives. <laughs> <laughs> we could do commentaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Brought to you BBC by Worldwide. Travelers. You can reach us at <laughs> feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Don't trail off. Give them that number. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the Google Plus or the Google voice number? Oh, good lord, I don't know. <laughs> we haven't given that out in years. on our website. The Google voice sure still number, works. if you're interested in calling us, is 913-890-3025. Guess I better check, make sure that still works. I haven't seen any emails come in saying yeah, we got a voicemail, true. so. Click and Google will connect you for free. Speaking of, oh, that's speaking of DVDs, box sets. <laughs> we finally got the announcement for the U.S. release, at least, of Series 7. September 24th. Box set. And as we all figured and speculated, it will include Doctor the Widow in the wardrobe. What you guys? Yeah. What? Did, uh, wait, 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 wait. As hey, this I, side of the table, I didn't, I didn't pick up Doctor Widow yeah, in the wardrobe. You, 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 you didn't. Yeah. But you, no, because I, I always said it was going to be. A part you know, fans no, back us no, up. No, yeah. no, no. That side of the table over there did waver a little bit. You were a little speculative as to whether it would. Skeptical, a little bit. You were, I think you were like ninety-eight percent sure, but you still had that two percent in the back of your mind that maybe they would break it out, especially because it fell. Sean and I stretched all the way back to two thousand eleven. It will be on there. They would never get that out. What do you guys think of the cover art? Have you seen it? I like it. Kind of. I don't want to say lame, but I'm kind of indifferent. What, what What I'm impressed by is it's something we haven't seen a million times. Well. That's what's nice. Yes. All the other covers have been promotional images that we've had before. This is a brand new image. Yeah, there, there's that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's not something that's just being recycled and put out there. But at the same time, the covers for the individual box sets and all of the poster art. And that's, I think, the problem is we got so hyped with all of this poster art for yeah. each episode yeah. that was so cool. Which hopefully it's included in the box set. I would think uh, so. Lobby cards or something. Yeah. yeah. The, the cover image for this is just kind of meh. It's all right. Yeah. It's just it's yet another box set with the doctor on it. It's, I don't know. It has just, no. Yeah, nothing. It doesn't reach it out doesn't, and grab me. It doesn't pop. You're right. I'm glad it's original, but it just it's new. Yeah, it doesn't grab me. Something new. But you know, you got Amy and Roy on one side because that's half the season. You got uh, Clara on the other side, which is the, the doctor's new coat. The doctor's new yeah. coat. Yeah. Which I was surprised, but it's okay. I like it. I like it too. To be fair, he's in the coat most of the season. Yeah, that's true. At least. Half exactly. Well, Until a little more than half. Again, you yeah. wore that ugly army green one. No, I guess that I'm going six. That was season six. That was season six. And then, last but not least, big more guests for Chicago Tardis. Big announcement, which it, makes it even <laughs> harder for me to say no. In addition to the new guests of Richard Dinnick, Michael Jaston. Dick Mills, 
who I'm sure Dr. Phil is very excited is going. That would be really cool. Uh, And you know Dick Mills didn't do music, right? But he did sound. He did sound effects. It's still sound. Okay. He doesn't talk about just music on his podcast. No, he doesn't. I'm just clarifying for... Uh I was excited. I wish I could have heard more Dick Mills speaking Galilee. I mean, wouldn't cool. I mean, the guy's responsible for every noise that was on the show for like ever. From three doctors to survive. I sit on his panel for a little bit. I listened to his interview. It was one of the most fascinating interviews I heard yeah. from Galley. I mostly sit in his panel because I was exhausted and my feet hurt and I needed a place to sit down. And I sat down in there and I thought, I'm glad I sat down here. This is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Starkey will also be there. Good old Strax. Strax. And then a little guy not many people have heard of called Paul McGann. <laughs> three doctors at three, Chicago TARDIS in the 50th anniversary. Three doctors. Five, six, and eight. <laughs> there, wait, there's something missing here. There's something missing here. You know, the Hobbit's finished shooting. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Sylvester McCoy well, will be he's in gonna Chicago be in He's going to be in Long Island. Or Rhode Island. Long Island. Very near that same time. Before, so. so you could get you could in a month's time you could see four different doctors. Right. So, well, there's a good chance that Chicago could Long Island who? could get the uh, and Daphne's doing both. She's the straight as is Fraser. It could as get the small straight. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's going to be a huge con. I can't, I can't say it. Okay. You act like you know something. I know you something, don't and I can't know say something. It. I know you don't. I know something. You totally that, don't know something. I know something that he doesn't know. That's why I can't say anything. Just trust me. Like just roll. All it. right. I'll roll it. Well, to be fair, I know a lot that he doesn't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> Only because you don't let me surf the internet. You're right. <laughs> you are a great A right, buddy. <laughs> How many oh. things have you spoiled on your own? Anything else, guys? That's it for news. All right. Well, let's move on to feedback. Oh, rats. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, I know. You I looked know, ready. I, know. I thought I, I was ready. looked at you. You, you were turning me. the volume you up. You hit the button. I had the volume. I was all set and then realized I didn't have my lyrics. Your lyrics? My oh, lyrics. lyrics. <laughs> what the heck is a lyric? A lyric's just like a regular lyric, only it's more literal. Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. That wasn't funny. I liked it. It's kind of like a light ear. It's the same as a regular ear. It just has less calories. No. No? No. You want to allow that one? I want to allow that one. Because that perpetuates the myth of <laughs> of what most people think is a light ear. If you take video like that, I am going to throw that phone across the room. It doesn't matter. All right. All right. It's, going, it's going through Instagram. Okay. All right. So it's square. All right. Square's fine. Vertical video syndrome. Ugh. <laughs> Why do you all have your videos out? Are video you expecting something good? Yes. Oh, now the pressure. Because you had on. two weeks. Yeah, you promised something good. I'm excited <clears throat> to hear the safety dance. <laughs> Spoilers. You told me it wasn't. Oh. I lied. I'm like Moffat. Oh, I'm not, I'm not recording. Okay. We can tangent if we want to. We can leave Doctor Who behind. Other casts don't tangent, and if they don't tangent, well, they're no cast of mine. I say, we can talk about light bulbs, or maybe Glenn's gardening. And we can act like we come from out of this world and never discuss anything. And we can tangent, cast, 
This was about feedback, but it's scattered and so am I. I got distracted with puppets and muppets and then my brain left me high and dry. Video game tricks. Oh, wait. Shoot. <laughs> wow, this is a first. This is I a first. I don't think this has ever happened before. I screwed that up. Now, do I have to edit this or we just leave no, it? No, you just leave it. All right. No, you can't. It's me. They don't expect anything. <laughs> high. Yeah. This is just part of the course. Wow. Mm. Hold on. Let me. Oh. From one topic to another, my brain just wouldn't stop. Video game tricks and Superman flicks like three rings under the big top. I say, we can tangent, we can tangent, everything's out of control. We can tangent, we can tangent, that's just how we roll. Doctor Who, film reviews, Melcher Cerebral Cortex. Wanna schmooze, kangaroos, traveling the vortex. It's the tangent cast. It's the tangent cast. We're the tangent cast. Wow, it's a long one this week. Why are you upside down? I'm not. No, it's not there. <laughs> oh, I just lost my video. T T T T A A A A N N N N G G G G E E E E N N N N T T T T Cast. There's your earworm for this week. <laughs> Very nice. I like Yay. it. Unfortunately, all my time went into writing, and I had no time to rehearse. So <laughs> I screwed that up. It was, would have been good, too. Ah. <clears throat> Yay! Bravo. All right, who's first? I also, oh. planning ahead, Yes. I was struck with this sudden bout of inspiration for our last show. You're already planning our last when show? When we get to You're that... You're planning our last show Not already? intentionally, oh but gosh. when we get to that point, I have the feedback song already prepared. <laughs> and in the end, we never no. <laughs> there's no more feedback. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, who's up first? We tried. <laughs> Instagram is failing me. Uh, first up is Brenda. And she says, and now for a review of the Doctor Who Proms concert. Dear Vortex Gang, I've gushed all over your Facebook page on Saturday after listening to the Doctor Who concert at the BBC Proms, but, but I will reiterate here what I said in case listeners didn't read my gushing. The concert was an amazing two and a half hours of fun that paid, both, that paid homage to both the classic series and the new one. Matt Smith and Jenna Coleman were both there, as were Dan Starkey and Neve McIntosh. Nev. Nev. Matt and Jenna had apparently pre-filmed a little scene on the street where Clara chides the doctor about having failed to get tickets to the concert. He comes up with a device that will disappear to people in the audience so that the doctor and Clara can take their seats. But it goes a bit wrong, and they end up in the orchestra. The doctor at the piano and and Clara behind the double bass. Dr. Phil, isn't this your instrument? Carol Ann Ford and Peter Davidson also made an appearance just for you Chrissy and Daleks, Cybermen, Angels and Ice Warriors were represented as well the music was from classic and new shows and as were the film slash video clips which you obviously can't see on the radio but you can still figure out what's happening <laughs> including the regeneration in the f- of 5 and the 6 
the two singers, the little girl and the man from the Rings of Hot and Cotton Shaka Khan song, <laughs> sang their song and woke up grandfather. And they premiered the special piece that Murray Gold has written for the 50th anniversary. Uh, 50th anniversary show, ending with the words, Happy Birthday, Doctor Who. It was a little cheesy, but hey, I like cheese. <laughs> and unlike previous proms concert, they played a few classical pieces that had been featured in various shows over the past 50 years, including Habanera from Opera Carmen that Osmond played in Dalek Asylum. There was even a special treat for Glenn, a little tune played by an Irish bagpipes. <laughs> I did smile a bit at that one. The concert ended first with a tribute to all 11 doctors using the music Vale Dasham, Farewell to Ten, that was written for Ten's regeneration scene. They showed clips from each doctor's time, and the audience cheered every time a new face appeared. Then the concert closed with a new arrangement of the theme song that featured a lot more synthesizer, closer to the first theme of 1963. I'm betting they'll include the concert on the DVD box set coming out in September with all Series 7 and the two most recent Christmas specials. Here's hoping. I think it will be on the 50th anniversary. I think they'll pair it with the 50th anniversary release. Because I, I saw a list of bonus features for Series 7 and it wasn't included on it. But that doesn't mean they couldn't add it. In three weeks, I'll be in London, and on August fourth, I'll be heading to Cardiff to to play for the Doctor, play for the day at the Doctor Who Experience. Yay. If you guys want me to get you any souvenirs or food for you, Jamie Dodgers, Jelly Babies, whatever. Yeah, you should know we don't like Jamie Dodgers if you've listened that far back. <laughs> Marmite. <laughs> no, no Marmite <laughs> Sean wants Jelly Babies. Always. Just let me know, and I'll do my best to get what you want. Um, all of the above. I'll take Jenna Coleman. <laughs> Fit her in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you? Uh, yeah, I bet you could. Okay. As long as it was bigger on the inside. <laughs> uh, I hope this is the right link to the page you will have for the Proms audio file stored for seven days. I don't think you can download the clip unless you have some special program that can do that. And knowing how resourceful you three are, I suspect you might just have such a program. But you can listen as often as you want for the seven days it's posted. It works for you. If if it works for you, post it in the show notes. At the very least, it will get you close to the right page, and she includes the link. Yeah, and I'll put the link in there all the way. The, the link is actually still. We I posted uh, earlier today uh, some clips that were uh, released and the link to where you can go listen to it. So that's actually already on our website. Good job, uh, you. Do we need it? Knowing how resourceful you are, I couldn't delete email. We should read the next one. And then, and then she then, continues. And Keith and I will talk a little bit about the prompts because we both listened. Yeah. She says, and one more thing, dear Vortex game. I'm still having so much fun watching videos and listening to the second concert for of Doctor Who at the prompts. Perhaps it's because I'm so starved for Who, but it's been a fun weekend nonetheless. Three weeks from today, I'm in Cardiff. And searching for videos of the concerts, and there were plenty of both official ones from the BBC and unofficial ones recorded in the audience, I came across an amusing report from Yorkshire, where a devoted and creative fan turned his cornfield into something of a crop circle dedicated to Doctor Who. Colin Baker is featured in the video made by the Yorkshire Post, and his interview reminded me of something I had noted recently. <clears throat> David Tennant and Matt Smith have been very clear in their belief that the name of the character that they're playing is the Doctor. I had a thought... I had thought it a mistake of the uninitiated when they referred to the character as Doctor Who. 
However, in the Doctor Revisited specials, I know that Tom Baker, Peter Davison, and Colin Baker all refer to the character as Doctor Who, and Colin and the interviewer do the same thing in this Yorkshire video. Is this perhaps the difference between classic and new Who? Was it an RTD edict that the character is the Doctor? Just curious. Anyway, here's a link to the report on the Doctor Who maze for the show notes. Brenda. We're going to do this in two pieces. We will answer your question in just a little bit, Brenda. Sean and I will try to tackle that. First of all, Keith and I want to talk about uh, the proms because we both joined in and listened, not together, but uh, listened uh, to the proms live. Now, I'll be quite honest. I missed the first 15 minutes or so of it. Um, and I, uh, I intend to go back and, and listen to uh, what I missed at the beginning. But I missed uh, the first hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I heard a good chunk of the show, and I can't say much more than Brenda said about it. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot, lot going on. Um, it was one of those things as you listened, you could just really imagine what was going on. You could almost, in, in your mind's eye, see this concert and, and, and it, it sounded great it sounded really cool i was very envious of the people that were actually there yeah, seeing it see because it. that would have been really really cool um it was really neat to hear uh uh caroline ford it was really neat to hear from peter davison as they made uh, guest appearances and talked a little bit um Especially Caroline Ford, because oh. she's she's been there since the beginning. She was the Doctor's first companion, as she put it, and that was really neat to to hear her talk about it. And 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 she has a reverence for the series still, and the fact that it, it's still going on today. So that was cool. Uh, I thought the the two people that sang from uh, what she called Rings of Hot and Cotton Chicago. <laughs> See, that must have been in the first half. It was. It was. Uh, I thought that that was wonderful. The song that, by the way, and, and Brenda's probably seen this now since she sent this, but the song that and, that Marie wrote for the uh, 50th anniversary show, the ending words are actually, because we've seen the lyrics now, happy birthday, doctor, comma, you. And and they, the uh, thing that I saw when uh, Murray Gold was talking about this in an interview, he speculated that a lot of people would mishear that and think that it was mm. Doctor Who, which is fine. Which w- I w- think w- it's okay either way. It was really neat that they included it in the program. <clears throat> yeah, because so many people took program. pictures of the yeah. program and tweeted yeah. it out, so everybody at home could watch it. Right, right. Um, and there was some official uh, videos that were released. And like I say, we've already posted those on our website. So if you'd like to go there. Uh, and Brenda's correct. I went to YouTube and did a lot of searching. And there are a lot of clips that people, that you just with their cell phones, and, and really good clips, mm-hmm. uh, that took. And you can see some of it there. I also saw today that, that BBC One, for UK viewers, will be able to see it. It will be broadcast on BBC One. Coming soon. They didn't. They hadn't said by the time by last viewing, by me, they hadn't said yet what day it will run. But those people in the UK will be able to watch it on BBC One, and of, of course, obviously, they'll release that on DVD. So, um, what did you think of the just the I, little bit that you? I, I really enjoyed it. It was very cool to listen to it as it was knowing it was happening right. Not, at the time we were listening. <laughs> that it was live, right, right? Instead of oh look, this is a really cool feature on a DVD. And I wish I could have been there for it. And it made me feel kind of like I was, because I also got on Twitter and it was trending. Doc- Doctor Who Proms was trending yeah, worldwide it on Twitter. Yeah, got to a point where it trended. It yeah. was, that was really cool. Because I was following it on Twitter, and, and that was pretty neat. And it was very, very enjoyable. I, I It made me wish I could have seen it, but as a new listener uh, Rachel said now that's on her bucket list. Yeah. To, 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 go, to, yeah. to be in. To actually uh, go yeah. to one of the proms. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, let me ask you, because now Sean can join on this, because he's now heard, because he watched one of the clips. Uh, and I played part of the song for 54, Sean. Yeah, so but Song not for 50, it, it's like 11 song for 50 is the one that, that is the tribute song. Yes. However, they also played what I understood will be the new theme for uh, presumably the 50th anniversary episode. And they played that at the end, and it's kind of a mix with of the uh, the new series theme that we have now, and they use the whatever I can't remember what that device that they the used effect, in the yeah. radio radiophonic uh, uh, orchestra used, the, but it's kind of a mix of the first tune and the and the recent tune. And what did you guys think of that? Hearing that, it, it was neat to hear it mixed together. I don't know if I want it as a recurring. Theme song, It'd be nice for the for the, 50th. For the for one time fiftieth. I'm fine with it. I think I'm with you on that. Um, I the it grows on me as I hear it because the first time I heard it, I wasn't quite sure what to think about it, and I almost felt like it just wasn't like it. It was almost there, but not quite for me. Uh, the more I hear it, the more I. I mean, I appreciate the fact that that Murray's put these two together to get to to really kind of bridge that fifty years of this is the style we had then this is the style we have now. But it almost doesn't go far enough to give us that old classic Who style. There are parts of it that I really like. Um, the, the the kind of high-pitched bridge part. Um, da, 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 which has always, quite honestly, always been my favorite part of the song. <laughs> that part I really liked. Some of the others I don't think it merged as well as I was hoping that it would. But I'm kind of right with you guys. If it's just you know, if it's used for the the 50th, and then we go back to the uh, another new version of the new or, theme, or, 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 another or, or something else, yeah, I'd be whichever. even okay if it's stuck around for the Christmas special. Sure, since it's only one more for 11, and, and, and then a new remix. And then one, sure. you know, if if we get the because it'll be in the 50th anniversary year as well. Yeah, so, so. right. And then if if it, if it winds up sticking around for a while, it'll just be one of those themes that needs to grow on me. And yeah, I've, I've noticed that. that right. There were a lot of times where a new doctor would show up, and I was like, I'm not sure I feel about this. Sylvester McCoy, and I wasn't really sure how I liked his music, even though I thought his opening was cool. I wasn't sure about the musical piece, but now I love the musical theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure about some of the synthesizer changes they made in the later, uh, you know, in, in the later Colin Baker years, but now I like them as well. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, yeah, it's the Doctor Who theme. That's it's there. <laughs> it is there. As long as, it, as, long as the, the base is the, the, the core of it is still there, it's, it's Doctor Who. So. I, honestly, every time I hear a new version, I'm impressed how they come up with a new way to do it. I, I'm not, obviously not creative enough to come up with as many variations of a certain song as everybody <laughs> else has. Everybody's been able to as, do I mean, there's been well, so not, many different it's versions. It's not one guy doing all the variations, true. though. So That's true. You don't even be responsible else. for one. Yeah. <laughs> I Although still, Murray's done probably three or four different yeah. variations on it, but, but that just shows how talented he is. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, should we talk a little bit about? Oh, let's. The, uh, the, by the way, I'll the put maze. the. Uh, well, I will put the clip for the maze uh, that was on the uh, Yorkshire Times, I believe, is what it was. And uh, yeah, it's it's. She said crop circle. <laughs> uh, it's actually a maze that somebody put together, and from above, it's it's, it's a Dalek, and it's got Matt Smith and William Hartnell carved into it as well, which is really neat. So be sure to go watch this video. A maze, maze. Um, she brought up the point that they refer to the Doctor as Doctor Who, and in the uh, revisited specials, we've heard Tom Baker, Peter Davison, and Colin Baker all refer to the character as Doctor Who. So... I 
think okay, well, Sean, what's your take on this? Because I, I kind of have an I, I mean, I, I kind of have a thought of how this was, and, and mine is sort of that in the old days, especially in, in interviews, and this includes a lot of the doctors, the people that actually play the doctors, is they quite frequently said Doctor Who. Now, always in the series, it has just been the Doctor. Well, he's never been addressed as Doctor. He's always Who. been very adamant of just Doctor. Right, with the exception of Doctor Who and the Silurians, which really kind of does yeah. the same thing there is it, it addresses him as Doctor Who. Um, but for the most part in the classic series, it's he's always been just the Doctor. And Doctor Who has always been kind of a statement on the Doctor. Doctor, Doctor Who, that kind of thing. That's why I think it's carried over as a joke for so many years. However, especially in the classic series, there it, I don't think it had the following or devotion. And it's a lot easier to say when you're referring to the character of Doctor Who, who is the title character of this show it's a lot easier for people that are not necessarily into the show or casually watch the show to just say Doctor Who I played Doctor Who because it translates easier to the uninitiated so that's I think a lot of the reason why a lot of cast and crew back in the day because if you'll watch even now when they when they uh, interview them for these uh, documentaries on the classic series DVDs, you'll still hear some of them refer to the character as Doctor Who. And I think it's simply a... It's easier just to say that as the character for the the uninitiated that might not necessarily... And I think that's how it was in the classic era. Now we have the fans making the show. And the Uh fans would have been the ones in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s, or mid-90s, that would have been adamant about it's he's the doctor the show is doctor who but he is just the doctor so now i think that because the fans are making the show it's it has been maybe i don't know that it would be an an edict but i think it's more of a because that's what jnt and moffat and everybody that's involved in the show how they've referred to it that and 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 now it's it's a broader uh, range of people watching the show. I think now we have people, and even we look at it this way. Uh, Matt Smith wasn't a fan of the show beforehand, but before he, he started, is. but now he is. Yeah. And David Tennant grew up; well, he would have been one of the fans as well. And so yeah. he is, he obviously would have always used just the Doctor. So that I think is sort of the reason why that has happened. I, I don't know. Sean wanted to jump here here. I, I agree with you. I, I think there's a lot of... I mean, cause you're right. As fans, we tend to get very adamant with people that it's the Doctor. You know, it's it's not Doctor Who. That's the name of the show, but he's, he's, he's just the Doctor. I was trying to find, admittedly, um, though, he's credited as Doctor Who. He is occasionally in the credits. In, in the credits. And I, I was trying to it find... It was early on, though. Well, it was very early on, but it extended all the way through, I know, it through at least Tom Baker's run. I was trying to find there, there was an episode that we, I want to say that we'd done somewhat recently, within the last year, where... I read up on it, and they they mentioned that this was the first one where it transitioned in the credits just to just the being the doctor. Yeah. But I can't find where that is, um, which is what I've been furiously typing up over here. And, and early on in the classic series, there probably wasn't a edict, and there was probably a lot of people involved in the show that believed that it was just that was his name, Doctor Who. Another thing you have to look at is the comics of the time, and in, in, in uh, uh, beginning with Castro Balva, according Castro to Balba. this, okay. was it Castro? According to Wikipedia. So, Until the series cancellation. 
But in TV Weekly comics and uh, some of the Doctor Who strips that, that ran in Radio Times, they always had a narrator, uh, not a narration. Oh, there it is. They, I looked right at it, yeah. They always right. had a, uh, a little um, blurb at the beginning talking about the Doctor and... At the time in the comics, uh, he had a niece and a nephew that were traveling with him. And they always, in the comics, always referred to him as Doctor Who. In the in the first Doctor comics, in the second Doctor comics, in these strips. So the, as far as the comics and the publications were, uh, um, which, you know, some people consider them can, canonical, some people don't. But uh, as far as it, it's concerned in those comics, he was Doctor Who in those as well. So in the early years, there was a lot of this like gray area of his whether they were going to say that his was just the Doctor, which he's still for the majority of episodes is still only referred to as the Doctor. But then, as you said in the credits, there was well and credited and again, as Doctor Who. Credits, for I don't know how much years. you want to count that as as, as canon or not. As Keith uh, led me to, thank you. Uh, Castroval was the first episode one of Castroval was the first story for being uh, in history as the title character being credited as the Doctor rather than Doctor Who, right. which would remain the Doctor until the end of uh, the series in '89. In the '96 TV film, no credit is given for Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor. Hmm. He, it, does, it just says starring Paul McGann. It doesn't say. Oh, that's right. It, it, it doesn't opening. do a full credit. Uh, full so Sylvester, is there a credit role in the end? Sylvester though? McCoy is credited. But there was a credit role doctor. in the end. And this is interesting. For the first season of the 2005 revival, it's back to Doctor Who. Christopher Eccleston was oh, Doctor Who. Really? The title became The Doctor again in The Christmas Invasion at the request of David Tennant. Well, see, and now there's the oh, fan there's thing. The fan thing. <laughs> not to mention that at that point, when you're reintroducing people to the series and you're trying to grab a new audience, I think it's sometimes it's simpler just to say yeah. and to reference the character as Doctor Who because I think that simply translates easier than trying to explain that we've got a show called Doctor Who, but the character is only called the Doctor. Yeah. So I think it's easier just to say, just to kind of give in and say, Doctor Who, when I played Doctor Who, when Doctor Who does this. But as far as, as far as the continuum within the series, if you're going, he has simply been only the Doctor. I, I think two other things that kind of confuse the issue are the Cushing films. Yes, be, because he actually is Doctor Who. Doctor yeah. Who and, the, and he is called Doctor Who. That yes. is his name in the Cushing films, even though we've established that separate continuity. But again, well, those are... Separate universe. Separate universe. <laughs> um, but because they were released in England and at the height of Dalek Mania and all that kind of stuff, so that I think kind of also helped ingrain sure. things into that... And I think with a lot of these actors, when they're on location doing an interview something, and the interviewer says, you know, you play Doctor Who, I think they're probably more inclined to just roll with it. Yes, and say, I would agree. Yeah, I believe know, that. And, I would agree as, as, as opposed to making anybody on, on, on camera look bad. That's right. probably just... And part of that, I think, is because they're British and they're proper, and mm -hmm. part of that is just <laughs> because, you know, uh, being polite while you're doing these press junkets. But... Yeah. I, I, in in my mind, he's the doctor. Yeah, as a fan, he is the no, doctor. No, as a fan, so, he is the doctor. I, I, I would, I would, I would never to refer to him as Doctor and, Who, and regardless Sean of what area. Sean still continues to cringe when we refer to the Silurians as Doctor Who and the Silurians. <laughs> I do. He wishes that was title was just the, the Silurians. And when we get to the big finish, Doctor Who and the Pirates, <laughs> I will cringe some more. Mm. That one works better though. All right. So, Brenda, hopefully in a long, roundabout way, we... <laughs> in a typical traveling the vortex fashion. <laughs> yeah. And how long? Uh, up next is... 
Robert. Yes, Robert. Robert writes, um, common question, guys. You don't have to read this out on the podcast if you don't want to. But we do want to. And it's never stopped us before. Well... We, we want to because we want to, we help, want to. give you a plug. We'll let you uh, I wanted to drop you a quick line to say that I'll be speaking at the Topeka Shawnee County Public Library on Sunday, the 21st, at 2 p.m. The main topic will be the new nonfiction book, but I'll have science fiction and nonfiction with me. He goes on to say, I plan on buying a Rift Tracks version of Doctor Who and the Daleks probably later this month. If I do get it, I'll send you some feedback on it. Terrific. Oh, that'd be great. And Robert is our resident uh, Kansas-based author, author. author mm-hmm. uh, of, of many books. And so we've kind of, uh, we're going to try and get down there. We're going to try to get down there and see you, Robert, because uh, I don't know what I've got going on the 21st. Although we just talked about something going on the 21st. What was it? Uh, this month? Yeah, it's earlier in the Sunday. show. We said, it's just I, and Sunday. I said, is that next Sunday? And you said yes. I think well, it was we this. About this. I think it was this. Well, what was this? Oh, okay. Well, terrific. There you go. So, yeah, we're going to try and get down there and see you. And if any of our listeners would like to meet up with Robert, then uh, we can highly recommend that. Topeka Shawnee County Public Library. And we'll make sure to mention that on the uh, Facebook page as well for you, Robert. Yes. Yeah. All right. Up next is Scott from Philly. Oh, that's right. It's labeled differently. <laughs> I couldn't find one. I pulled a Sean. I can't find it. Did you delete it? Did trash. you delete it? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the trash? All right. Scott actually uh, posted this on our website, travelingthevortex.com. He writes, warning, spoilers. Hi, Kansas all been warned. <laughs> Hi, Kansas crew. This will be a long one, so let me make three smaller points before my rant. Number one, I'm starting to hate Johnny Depp. He has almost (laughs) single-handedly destroyed my childhood favorites. First, Willy Wonka, then Alice in Wonderland, Ruining Dark Shadows, and now The Lone Ranger. It took over 30 years after Clayton Silsbury to get another uh, Lone Ranger movie made, and now we might not get another one ever. If there's a rumor of him glancing at a script where he goes into a TARDIS, he needs to be stopped. (laughs) Not killed necessarily, but stopped. (laughs) Number two, I've heard that according to someone in the BBC costume department, the John Hurt, not the Doctor character, comes between the Eighth and Ninth Doctors. If this is true... I hope in the special we get at least five minutes of McGann's doctor before he regenerates. That would be kind of cool. cool. Uh, And I think that we've also heard that uh, rumor, although I think we already sort of speculated upon that anyway. It was almost like the the costumer maybe... Added confirmation. Verified, yeah. Well, and there, there's been rumors long before we even saw him right. in the name of the doctor. Right. Of that's what the role that that's was. Where, that's where he, he was. So, uh, Number three, someday sooner than later, they'll reboot Batman, and they'll need a new Joker. What brilliant young actor has the physical type and experience to take on such an iconic role? Introducing Matt Smith as the Joker. Can mm. you see it? I never thought of that. That would be really. That's really as good as casting as David Tennant as the Riddler. That would be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that as well. Have you seen there, there? Before Dark Knight Rises came out, they made a bunch of fake. Somebody made a bunch of fake posters, and they had David Tennant as the oh, Riddler. I never saw that. And I think Kristen Bell as Harley Quinn. Oh, well, that might be kind of interesting yeah. too. I'd like that take too. I think Matt Smith would make a very interesting Riddler or uh, Joker. Joker, yes. He would also probably make a very good Riddler. 
He's more the physique Actually, of Joker. Make a better Riddler. His personality would be better for Riddler, yeah. but his physique, his physique is better is more for Joker. Joker. I don't know. That's interesting. I'd like to see that. Well, when we get him at the con, then, uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll pull a, a, a Fields of Trenzalore and we'll give him uh, a Heath Ledger speech from Dark Knight and have him read it. There you go. Or Jack Nicholson speech. Yeah. Or better yet, a Mark Hamill speech. A Mark speech. Hamill speech. <laughs> I'd rather see him do a Mark Hamill. Because that's, that's, that, that's who he'd be. He'd be the yeah, Mark Hamill Joker exactly. if he was going to be the Joker. Exactly. So. Okay, mind work. Mind work. Well, what did I say? Work. work. I said work? Apparently right. you think this back is going to be work. <laughs> okay, well, it is. Okay, mind warp. Whew. Long exhale. No offense to anyone who likes it. Sorry, Chrissy, but I hate this story so much. It's my most hated classic story, and one I cannot bring myself to watch again since I first saw it in the 80s. I cannot sit through it. it I won't say that it's bad because bad stories generally are failures in execution of what they intended to do. This story does exactly what it's what it intended. Present the value or its strongest case against the doctor by showing him at his worst. My problem is, during this time when the show was struggling to survive, this is the time all the stories needed to show the doctor at his best. How was Mind Warp supposed to win back fan fans back? Every good thing you said about the mysterious planet is right on target, and that's what this season needed, a season full of those, not this. this that's just my third worst complaint against it. Second Whoa. is bringing back Sill. At the end of Vengeance on Varos, I wanted them to throw that slug down a salt mine. I don't think he's funny or clever or entertaining in any way. I feel about him what you guys feel about Talons of Wang Chiang. I could say... I can say what I think Sill really resembles, but I'll flush that image out of my mind. Yes, flush. (laughs) (laughs) My number one reason why I hate this story, yes, I am a David Letterman fan, what they do to Perry is horrible. She was never one of my favorites, but I liked her and Colin Baker together, and she had good moments. Our last images of her aren't anything where she gets to be heroic or brave, but in a bald cap, possessed by Syl, getting gunned down by Brian Blessed. That was the moment of the story that was dead to me. Oh, that was the moment the story was dead to me. Being told later she's okay and married to Brian Blessed. There's the spoiler. <laughs> it's not the same. As, I forgot about that. Getting well, her alive a- and happy either with the late time lady pulling her out from some room or the doctor and Mel going to visit her to say goodbye. One shot of it at the end of the season would have left a better taste in my mouth instead of a mouthful of silk. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting decades to get that off my chest. I feel much better. Thanks for the free therapy, and I hope you have a great summer. Scott from Philly. Scott, I have a feeling you and I are going to come down on the same side of this, but I'll save my comments for later. And to be fair to Scott, I've always known that she married Brian Blessed's character. I didn't know she got killed at the end of this, though. That's what was a surprise for me. Because Did you know that she got married? Yeah, we've talked about it before. Have we? Yeah, you guys tipped your hand about that a long time yeah. ago. Oh. Just you kept secret that she I'll, gets killed. A long time ago, I showed a certain picture and kind of set the story behind it. So, Which I'm going to show that certain picture when we get there again and jog everybody's memory. Okay, good. Cause Cause I, I don't know I, 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 I showed that picture. I just remember... <laughs> 
Knowing who Brian Blessed is, the fact that Perry gets married to him leaves an impact on me. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. <laughs> she well, married Prince Voltan. Yeah, she didn't actually enjoy <laughs> marry Brian Blessed or Prince Voltan. She married, I can't remember his name, Yakaranos. I don't know. Yakaranos. Yakaranos. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get there before we get there. Anyway, thank you very much, Scott. We appreciate that. Scott, now, well, okay, I want to say one thing. Sure, go ahead. Scott, I'm going to challenge Glenn to the same question later, but I'm going to, I'm going to pose it to you now. So you haven't watched the show since it aired in the 80s. You haven't watched this episode because you can't bring yourself to do it. Is it possible that maybe enough water has passed under that bridge that if you were to revisit it, do you think you'd still have that same strong reaction? And 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 by that, do I, what I'm saying is, do you, is it that you were, are automatically the hackles are up because oh, it's mind warp, or is it maybe that if you went into it and tried looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes, maybe you'd come away with something different? I'm just curious because I, I know I know Glenn, and I know when Glenn doesn't like something, he doesn't like something, and that's the end of it. But every now and then, every now and then, Glenn comes down and goes, you know what, that's not nearly as half bad as I thought it was, or I really don't like that as well as I thought I did. And so I'm just curious if that's one of those, because I, I, I have had my opinions changed by this show. Doing this podcast, there are episodes that I went into, Silver Nemesis is a great example. I went into Silver Nemesis, and I'm like, oh, I hated Silver Nemesis, and I'd never watch that one again, blah, 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 and came out of it going, that's not half bad. I don't know what I was upset about. No, I was the same way on that, if you remember. Yeah. I yeah. came out of Silver There's been quite a few where really Glenn isn't as bad as I thought it was. Has changed his stance on it. Yeah. And then there have been, there have been other ones that I haven't. I, I still think Talons of Wen Chang is not so great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my reaction to Talons is more bewilderment over I don't understand why everybody else thinks it's so great when I think it's a mediocre story. So I'm just curious if, you know, I, I would almost, I, I, in fact, I, I am. I'm going to throw the gauntlet down and challenge you, Scott. I'm going to challenge you to go back and watch Mind Warp and subject yourself to it again <laughs> and see if you still feel as strongly about it. Because I, I, there's pretty strong words there. Not that you're not entitled to that opinion, obviously, because there's a lot of what you say that I totally agree with um, in tone. But I'll get to my review later. I'm just curious. Uh, moving on. Up next is Chrissy. She writes, let's do the mind warp again. Dear Vortex Boys, no, the original TARDIS console was used up until Inferno. In Pertwee's first season, anytime you saw the console, it was a minty green color, and that was the very first console. I never noticed it was, it was a minty green, green color. I guess uh, <laughs> the funny thing is we talked about that last week, and you guys were talking, well, I think you were specifically was, was talking about how pristine white it was, and I, and I, I don't remember I just, I didn't, I, I didn't challenge that. But in the back, it must have been in, must have bothered me in the back. Now. It must no, it really. It must have bothered me in the back of mind because I went this week and I started looking at images. Oh, did you look it up? Yeah. Well, I started looking at images and I'm going, "That is minty green. That's why they went with that color." And so yeah, and then I kind of. It was one of those things when you see the image, you go, "Okay, yeah, now I can see it in the episode. Why did I think that was pure white? It wasn't because yeah, up until Inferno, it was, I guess because it was after pretty, that, it's not as minty green. I think in the as in the stills, mm-hmm. it's a little more subdued. But it, well, it, it does have that, kind of some a of that is degradation it, also. So, yeah. And, and didn't we tweet that out Colors on, on, right. during Inferno that that was the last time that particular console was used? And I then think they you got, did. They, yeah. they got a new one? Possibly. You, you tweeted. But we also... I, but I didn't I, notice it was minty green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this came as a revelation. I, 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 I think like, we all just kind of really? speculated that... At least I, I speculated that it may have been the same console, but they painted it. 
but apparently it was green. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's just like I say, it's not as minty green as it comes across in the in the uh, 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 production stills for uh, Ventures in Space and Time. But oh yeah, the the new yeah. production stills, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like mint chocolate chip green. Right, right, right. But but it does have never does have does have a green hue to <laughs> it. it. It green. does have a green hue to it in the early uh, Bertwee stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh, she continues with. After that, they got a new console, and that's the one that was white. And I just learned this recently, and it's interesting to me, though probably not to you three since you all work in TV-related fields, and I and might know this already, but when they were filming in black and white, they could not film pure white surfaces because white would create a glare and ruin the shot. So everything that looks white in the blacks, black and whites filming is actually blue or gray or green. They even used orange and yellow in, co- in the costumes in the Aztecs. So that's why the original console was mint green and not actually white, even though it looked white gray on TV. There's uh, there are production stills. Or I don't know if should have production stills. I think they were just film. I think they had a film crew on set of the I Love Lucy show. Not a film crew, a uh, uh, magazine uh, photographer on the set of I Love Lucy for several episodes. And I I, I want to say these are in Time or Life or something that was back then. You know, still publicating back then or publication back then. But I, I, I distinctly remember seeing these pictures years ago. I think it might have even been on the internet, but in these pictures, and they look horrid. The, the, the costumes are terrible, and it's, they're in color. They're in full color. And you, you never watch, and they're from an episode that I vividly remember of I Love Lucy. And the costumes are horrible. And I used to think, that's I, that, I, in my head, when I watched I Love Lucy in black and white, I never would have imagined that those would have been the colors that they were using, uh, you know, that they were wearing. I just never would have imagined that. And I, it wasn't until I did some looking, and years later, they, I found out that they actually did what she's saying. Yeah. They, they did very contrasting colors because they, when they came across on uh, black and white, they looked a lot better. And, and yes, the whites and things like that were very, you know, uh, 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 they're actually versions of gray and, and green and blue because, yes, they would be too reflective for black and white television. So, yeah, I found that very interesting. I, I didn't know that because I was in TV. I knew that because I stumbled across these horrid I love <laughs> Lucy pictures. <laughs> Shirley Temple commented in an interview years and years and years later when they uh, when they first started colorizing her films. How, <laughs> that none of it was uh, the how upset right. she was by it, <laughs> and the fact that none of it was right, and that you know the, the people of today they have no concept of what goes into <laughs> making this work for black and white because everything has to be lit a certain way. Everything has to Shade be in order to, way. you know, everything was taken into account right. just to get that image to look right. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, a comment on that. Yeah. So that's not surprising to me to find out that they were really ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure some of those couch fabrics were like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> when I, I read somewhere that George Reeves' Superman suit on a lot of the series was actually green. It was not blue. And they brought him in to shoot publicity stills for uh, a magazine or something. And he came in wearing the the suit that he usually wears for the the show. And they started snapping these pictures and then they thought, boy, this sure doesn't look like Superman. And they actually had to get a new costume brought in that was blue and reshoot these because... And and I think those stills are still out there somewhere because when I was reading about this... I love Lucy thing. I'd come across the the, uh, the articles about George Reeves, 
and how the, the actual suit that they used on the show wasn't blue. It was a greenish color. Now, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was too reflective or anything, but because it photographed better in black and white, that's mm-hmm. why they initially went with it as green. And and all the rest of the colors were right, but it was just the suit was green. And so huh. they, for publicity uh, stills, they decided, we better have it. And when he like made appearances and stuff or stuff, they thought, we really should have the colors that match the comic book. <laughs> because <laughs> this isn't it. So... so. Now that you've gone there, when George Reeves shows up as Superman in the I Love Lucy episode... It's likely a green <laughs> Which is black and white. Yes. He's probably wearing the green, green suit. suit yeah. <laughs> but right, I'm glad we've cleared that up. Superman in the episode. Well, yes. Well, he shows up as later. As Clark as, Kent. Oh, you're right. It's never, it's never it's, actually it's, George Reeves. You're it, right. But it's not... It's it's implied that he's on a television show, and so they they kind of skirt the line of he's not really Superman, but yeah, he's Superman. He's Superman. Yeah, it's kind of a... all right. Let me rephrase my question: When Superman shows up on I Love Lucy, <laughs> yes. Anyway, we went. Yeah, well, well, yeah, she continues with. It's weird that that particular song for this. Yeah, I didn't plan that, but. That we did save that I did safety dance. Oh, Our, oh, 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 pretty much didn't talk about feedback at all. Talked all about tangenting, and we oh. got so <laughs> yes, we well. That was serendipity. Yeah. Since I'm on the subject of color used in black and white Doctor Who, if you ever get the chance, look up the color photos of the Hartnell era, especially the historicals. They have some of the most gorgeous costumes and set design. There is so much color and detail in these designs. In those designs, which is pretty. Which is amazing considering they knew full well it was going to be broadcast in black and white. There is one Tumblr in particular that specializes in the first Doctor's era, and they have some amazing pictures in black in color and black and white. But also some great trivia and informational tidbits that I find fascinating, and they do some wonderful analysis of the Hartnell era stories as well, not just from TV, but also Big Finish and the novels. The Tumblr is called Unwilling Adventurer. She includes a link, which we will include in the show notes. So if any of my fellow Vortex listeners want to see some cool First Era stuff and geek out over it, there's the place to go. Wow, that was all over the place. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, review time. Mind Warp. Hands down, my favorite story from trial, from the Trial of the Time Lord. Not just because it's well-written and a well-executed story on its own, but also that it heightens the tension within the Doctor's trial. So much of what happens has obviously been tweaked by the Valiard that it makes it sit firmly inside the framework of the bigger story. I have a feeling if we were to see the story without the filtering of it being the Valiard's evidence against the Doctor, we would see a very different portrayal. Some of the segments of trial feel like they've been short, shoehorned into the framework of the story, and you really don't know why they're there. But Mind Warp is certainly a vital part to this season's story arc, and I appreciate that about this particular story. It's, it was also a good last story for Perry, which seems to come in, who seems to come into her own, and she becomes good at being left at, to her own devices. A season and a half of her being captured and chasing after the Doctor tends to toughen a girl up. Sil and Kiv are fantastic villains, and Brian Blessed are as King Yakro. Your Canos. Your Canos. Your Canos. Your Canos. Your Canos. It's just an added treat. And I don't mind the hints of romance between Perry and your King or Kranos at all. What can I say? I'm a sucker for that sappy kind of shock. Trouble in Paradise. You know, I listened to The Kingmaker, which was a big finished story. 
in New Fountain. Nev. And, and that new story, which is a big finished story, Nev Fountain wrote for The Fifth Doctor, and I enjoyed that one quite a bit. It was equal parts funny and serious and just a clever romp. Since Nev Fountain also wrote Trouble in Paradise, I thought I would enjoy it too. But this was at best meh. I really couldn't get into the story, which is a shame since there are a few elements that had potential, like Perry getting upset at the Doctor, letting that one obscure scalar guy die because he wasn't important. But on the whole, I can take or leave this one. Bye for now. Chrissy. Well, we might agree on something, Chrissy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our last bit of feedback comes from Holly. Holly writes, Trouble in Paradise and Trial of a Time Lord Mind Warp. Hey, guys. Great last podcast. Sean, belated congratulations on your Film Fest award. Checked out the trailer. I loved it. Thank you, Holly. Chrissy, I so agree with you about your audio adventures featuring Glitz and Dibber. Now on to the reviews. This was a great audio. Love that they used the original opening music that was used for The Doctor of the Era. The opening sequence with Perry and the Doctor had me laughing out loud. The writer of this story sure had both them and their banter down pat. Eleven making his appearance early was a nice touch, and six realizing how serious the situation and journey's going to be. I also loved how the Doctor wanted a jacket just like Six's. I'm sure it's still floating around in the wardrobe of the TARDIS, unless River got a hold of it and got rid of it. Target practice, anyone. (laughs) The argument that Perry had with the Doctor about who to save kind of reminds me of the conversation that Donna had with the Doctor in Fires of Pompeii. Columbus and his diary entries were interesting. The bovine was an interesting plot point. The ending with the tweaking of time was classic, and the doctor justifying that it was okay to cure the crewman who had tuberculosis. Overall, this was an enjoyable ride. Nicola Bryant did a fantastic job voicing the audio and did a good job getting six intonations down. Mind Warp. This was an interesting episode. We say goodbye to Perry, although I do think that she deserved a bit of a better send-off than the one that she did get. Don't like Syl and Kiv all that much. Brian Blessed as King Yakranos was probably the highlight in the story. Yakranos at times does remind just slightly of Lord Valton from Flash Gordon. We have the Time Lords yet again interfering, and they say that what the Doctor was doing was bad. Talk about your double standards. Crozier was a very manipulative in this as well. Sure, he wants to save his own skin and not wanting to die, but who else is going to know and want to use your technology? The double-dealing on the Doctor's part was interesting, though, for a minute or two. I actually thought that the electric jolt the Doctor had gotten really had fried his circuits into doing what Sill and Kib wanted him to do. I'll wrap this up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thanks, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Well, we appear to be kind of all over the map. <laughs> <laughs> well, stories. we're going to do one more before we... More. Uh, uh, I said last piece of feedback. So the last piece of written feedback. But Dr. Phil has sent in some audio feedback this week. And uh, let's give it a listen. What now? Communication from Watchtower Command. Authorized capsule entry Dr. Phil here, and I guess we've got to our Flash Gordon, Gordon's Alive, and Hawkman Dive edition of Traveling the Vortex. Um, I'm really excited that you guys are finally doing Trial of a Time Lord, and I love Brian Blessed as over the top as he is. I was very disappointed with Phantom Menace that, oh, they're going to have him behind a CG character, because he's just got so much personality, it's insane. But, anyway... 
Um, it gives me a good, ex good excuse to play some Flash Gordon there, as you noticed. <laughs> um, a couple interesting things about this story. Um, one often, I think, that's very controversial in fandom. I do think that when I first watched Doctor Who, my first episode on Televised 2, even though I was reading source books and comics and things featuring Tom Baker's Doctor, was Attack of the Cybermen. So this was right around when I first started watching Who on PBS in 1986. And so I thought the lighting is phenomenal. Some great performances. Nabil Shaban as Syl is great. He's probably one of the last great villains of the classic era. Very original with that very creepy laugh thing that he does. Oh, ex exceptional. Very cool. Um, music in this. Richard Hartley. Now, one thing you guys will notice in the Trial of a Time Lord box set, and this isn't a spoiler of any way, that there's no isolated scores, even though there are some tracks on Mysterious Planet. One of the main reasons being why is they had Dominic Glenn has his scores for both Mysterious Planet and Ultimate Foe. The Mark Ayers has the music for Terror of the Vervoids, and sorry, it's not a particularly good Malcolm Clark score when you get there. Um, but Richard Hartley's score for Mind Warp does not exist anywhere in any form except in the episode, unfortunately. Now, Richard Hartley, I've been in touch with him uh, semi-recently to do an interview with him about Mind Warp um, because he also kind of has an extended career outside of Who. He's rather being famous for doing the arrangements in the film version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. So there's a nice little nod there. Great atmosphere. It's always great whenever the expensive model shot gets gets brought out for Trial of a Time Lord because it is a stunningly gorgeous shot that even appears later in the Fox TV movie promotional materials that Fox had, had made in the BBC. Brian Blessed. What a titan. Just makes you want to suddenly break out into Flash Gordon. There, I got that out of my system. <laughs> um, Dorf, I thought, was a great makeup for that era. Even more interesting than Syl, really. And, of course, I think it's a bit heartbreaking when he dies. Um, oh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> but um, the ending being very controversial. Well, before I even get to that, there's a lot of confusion when you watch the documentaries on the end of the Trial of a Time Lord set, specifically the Trials and Tribulations, kind of the historical one on the Colin Baker era. Why is that important? Because it's never quite certain for the actor as well as the director, and there was communications back and forth with the writer, whether what was faked evidence and what wasn't. Because there's plenty of times where Colin Baker's acting exceptionally mean, out of character, and we're not truly certain what is really going on. And I love at the very end when everything's totally hitting the fan, and he's rushing to try to save Perry, the TARDIS appears and he's taken out of time. What is going on here? Oh my god, fabulous. And the ending where you really get to hear Nicola Bryant's voice for the first time. Even, you know, she goes rather deep. That's her real voice. It's electronically treated later. But, wow, what a great performance and a great way to go out as a companion. I mean, there'll be more about that later. There's a special extra on the Ultimate Foe DVD, you need to show Keith after you watch it for Friday Night Who. But I'll leave that there. I'm trying to be as vague as possible, not to spoil anything. I'm not a particular fan of Perry Brown, even though she's really fleshed out in the audios a great deal more. Um, I wish that her 
background in botany had been explored more. Um, I thought she was kind of very interesting at the end of Davison. And not until really um, season 23 do we really get a Perry that's more interesting right when she's leaving, unfortunately. Um, guest cast, again, Brian Blessed. Ah, great to see him in Doctor Who. Um, Nabil Shaban, fabulous. It's just one of those stories that I always have a real affection for, and I hope, I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. And I'll be sending a few extras um, through the email for you guys to tag on at the end of your Sixth Doctor uh, retrospective. But as always, keep up the great work. Can't wait to hear more. And all the best. Bye-bye. Dr. Phil, and we look forward to hearing uh, the future piece that you're going to do on kind of everything as a whole. So, And I promise I won't go ahead and listen to his audio anyways. I have access to it. Better. That's right. And it's good to hear from you again, Dr. Phil. All right. Well, And yes, uh, we're thinking about Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, we are still thinking about Chicago. And we're thankful that you you have cleared our, our possible staying with you. Yes. All right. Well, let's go on with our reviews. We flipped a coin while Sean was gone (laughs) earlier and decided that we let it call the fate of what goes next. And we will first be reviewing Trouble in Paradise. Responding to a desperate summons from the Doctor's future self, he and Perry find themselves on a sailing ship in 1492 where the crewmen are gripped by superstitious superstitious fear. I just realized what he's gearing up for. That's it. That's it. I've made sure to find the shortest synopsis possible for the story. I second that motion. Third. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? The ayes have it. Moving on. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, what, what's, a, what's a shame about this story oh. is it had the potential of being interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then they met Columbus. <laughs> Uh, I thought the, I, I thought the Columbus stuff was kind of interesting, but it, no, <laughs> that was the, the least interesting. No, no, of it. the worst part of it is the bovine. Well, yeah, that's the worst part of it, but the least interesting part no, I, was I, I, Columbus. I, I did kind of enjoy listening to his journal entries of him mistaking. I, I totally believe the guy who found Colum- who found America, who we know thought it was Japan, is a bumbling idiot. Okay, here's here's the thing is. Yes, Columbus was an arse. (laughs) Yes, it has now been proven that he was a ruthless, vicious man who was not fair to anybody or anything. This story tries to put that into perspective and drive that point home, but fails to do it in the way that they do do it because it turns him into a comical, bumbling nymphempoop Nincompoop, not necessarily uh, painting him in the light that they were trying to paint him in because Keith's right. I mean, there are a lot of people throughout, because we read through history, that that he's this, you know, he discovered America and did such wonderful things and he managed to... He managed to prove that the world was round and, you know, I mean, he wasn't the only one, but, you know, that 
he believed he was going to get to the West Indies, see, you know, see, and, and, or and, believed that he was going to get to the other continent. And, ended up thinking he landed on the West Indies. And There's I all these was, great things that are painted to us in the U.S. as 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 uh, U.S. citizens of him discovering America. And it was fascinating until he became that idiot. Like I, th- I thought it was interesting okay, of the, I, I, of the idea of him pushing from. his crew of no, it's not flat. We're not going to fall off the edge of the world. We got to keep going. <laughs> I found that <laughs> and then they in- do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then that twist on top of it, I thought was nice. But his his utter conviction that these two are natives. How dumb do you have to be? All of the journal entries. While I appreciated why she was trying to do that with them, it. Yeah, it didn't work. Oh my gosh, it didn't work. And I say she, Nev, I'm assuming, is a girl. Maybe it is a guy. I don't know. Anyway, uh, here's the problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna boil. I'm, this, I'm gonna boil this down for you. There's a lot to want to like in this story. I'm with you, Keith. I, I think the idea of giving us the 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 true version of Christopher Columbus is is a unique thing because uh, honestly, I was groaning inwardly. As soon as we landed on the sailing ship and we started getting little pieces back, so it was like, oh, I know where we're at. <laughs> and I'm dreading it. And then Perry's, you know, oh, well, she could make See, out Nina and Pinto. Oh, thank you for clarifying it. But let's hold our suspense. I wonder what the name of the third <laughs> ship is. Okay. So, but then we get a little bit of a different take on it. I was suddenly going, oh, maybe this will be different. And it wasn't. It was. It was like you See, said. It was such a poorly done job of it. I, I went into it with a lot of optimism because of Blood Tide. I, I kind of went into it with, with Blood Tide with with trepidation of like, oh no, they're doing this really. And because Blood Tide was so good, it made me hope that this would follow that. It works. It works. It works in Blood Tide, but not in this. Yeah, that's the problem. The second th- problem that I yes, have with this Blood is Blood Tide. That it is poorly written. I'm sorry. I am not familiar with Neve's work, other work, and Neb's other work, whoever this person is. <laughs> um, at least that I'm aware of. So I can't speak to if I liked anything else that they may have done. But this one was very cliched. There were a lot of his piercing eyes. Really? Because what other kind of eyes do you have in a book? They've got to be piercing. Yeah. And there were so many of those little writer moments that you're like, ah, really? You, you, oh. And if you can get away with one. You can get away with two. But when it's constant, never, and it's just on and on and on and yeah. on, it, it really started to, it, it, it graded on my nerves. Yeah. I thought Nicola Bryant did a fine job. It was a man. And, and, and I was... She did. She did. I, I, never, I was very... That's a guy? Okay. I was surprised... apologize, man. ...when she started writing, or she started reading... And then pitched up into Perry. I, I shouldn't be surprised, but just hearing those two within the same confines of each other surprised me. It does, and maybe because there's such a contrast, maybe this is why I had an issue with this. But I thought her Perry was much higher pitched than I've heard it in both TV and Big Finish. I think she's been spot on. For big finish. I would agree with that. In this, it's almost like she pitched way up, higher than she should have. She mm-hmm. was almost whinier, like a that. little girl. Yeah. 
which shouldn't have been. Part because of that, Perry is not that. Now, it might be because she's going from one voice to the other. That, that I think is part of it. I think when, when, when you get in and you can do your voice, whatever your voice happens to be, like uh, Mark Strickland talked about doing Turlo mm-hmm. and having to find Turlo again, but when you're doing it for an entire run of a four-part Big Finish story, it's probably easier to get into it and find it and stay there yeah. than it is to jump back and forth. So I can understand the challenge of that. But honestly, I think the other part of that goes back to the writing. Why, of well, maybe. all things, that we, we, we've we gotten all these wonderful Perry stories that we've reviewed recently, why, and of all things, would you set very this much one? back to This one felt quo. like it was set like story two. And know, even worse than that. she was being very whiny, very yeah. high-pitched, yeah. very screaming at everything, very you, annoying. You know, you're not going to do what I want, so I'm going to throw myself off a ship. Yeah, let's talk about the idiocy of that move, Okay. So I, 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 I'm throwing I, a tantrum, I and I'm going to go huck myself off to make, the boat. Really? Yeah, no. Perry, the strong character who stood up to the master and planted a fire. Perry, the character that we came to really appreciate, who's riding around on the chariot with Aram in the in the Eye of the Scorpion. Yeah. Perry, the, 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 strong, the one who's standing up to your Kronos and, and yelling at him yes. and, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I'm going to throw a tantrum and throw myself off a boat. What? And oh, let's add insult to industry. Er, insult to injury. <laughs> industry. I like that. A I'm little bit. Add insult to industry. Um, she nearly drowns off the boat. If it weren't for the stupid buffalo. So, <laughs> not not once. We haven't got to the buffalo yet. We haven't got to the bovine. Now, I, I'm, sorry, I'm sure there's some people out there saying, well, that's how Perry was introduced. She threw a tantrum and jumped off a boat. Not really. That's a completely different situation in Planet of Fire when she jumped right. off that boat the first time. Right. But now you've done it to her twice, where we've pretty much established that she can apparently look fantastic in the bikini, <laughs> but she shouldn't go in the water. Because apparently she doesn't know how to swim. Can't swim. I... And then there's a space buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh. And the doctor's making all kinds of fun comments down in the hold, oblivious to what's going on. With things like, oh, I wish I had a potato because I could have used that as a battery for my temple. <laughs> You're telling me there isn't a potato anywhere on one of these sailing vessels? You guys came all the way from England and you didn't bring her from no, they didn't come uh, England. Not from England. Uh, in, uh, Europe. That's what I meant to say. It was an E. You came all the way from. Uh, my, our geography's a little off here. <laughs> you came all the way from Europe and you didn't have a potato? There's nothing in there you. Uh, I didn't have a problem with potato, but. I it, as the story, I, I knew I was in trouble as the story progressed, and I found myself drifting further <laughs> and further and further away from it. Like it was background noise at one point. Like I just didn't care, and I had to struggle to bring my mind back to what was going on. And I wasn't doing anything else. It wasn't like I was playing Tetris or you know one of these other fantastic things we've discovered are great. To, you know, I wasn't mowing the lawn. I was listening to the audio. That was it. Well, sometimes I, that makes it harder is just sitting down I, and listening, I, I, I think. I couldn't do it. And at one point, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and the boat was going off the edge of the world. I went, well, Wait, what just happened? <laughs> so I backed it up and started listening again, and I fell asleep again. <laughs> so I waited. I, I, I waited a day, and I talked. To, we did Friday Night Who, and I talked to Keith a little bit about it, and he kind of gave me the, I don't think it gets any better. And I went back. 
and kind of skimmed through the last half of it. And I'll, I'll, maybe that's my failing for not being a fair shake on it. But I, I was so disillusioned. No, I, I tried to give it a fair shake, and, and, no. and I, I just I couldn't I couldn't get back into it. Now I know what happens because yeah. I woke up apparently periodically and was able to glean enough of the story that I don't feel like I missed well, anything. But here's the thing: benefited is, most from it that way. <laughs> for all of the things that you said in the first half of this story, <laughs> is what I didn't like. And then, but but to come down to the the space buffalo, <laughs> and the, then there's a space buffalo, and it, I I'm not even sure I I've listened to the whole dang thing from beginning to end without any falling asleep or breaks, and I still don't get the space buffalo thing. Uh, it's it's it, it's bizarre. almost like a you know. It's, for some stories, proposed that the dolphins came from another planet. Hitchhiker's Guide is one of them. But, yes. Uh, proposed that the dolphins were a you know an intelligent species that came from another planet and came here, and then eventually sort of you know still smart but dumbed down from what their original incarnation was when they arrived. Or, but, or they're just hiding. Yeah. Or they're just hiding in their intelligence as, they as can't hitchhikers propose. Yeah. And uh, are going to leave eventually before the planet is destroyed by the Vorgon. But the to make way for an interstellar highway, you have to say that. you have to end that statement with that. But oh, that's continue. Tease. I want people to read the book. Um, but I, <laughs> space buffalo, and, and then he's there, and I, I understand the whole idea of them. You know, that's the idea of El Diable because they saw him on the on the ship or on, yeah, on the boat. They could have done something different and they better. Could have done something different and better. I just. Did. <laughs> And then, and then oh, there's a space buffalo. And, and then how, how, how this space buffalo was able to be in charge and lead a herd is beyond me. Because he's dumb as a box of rocks. His entire plan boils to, well, my herd's going to be destroyed, so I'm going to bring the Europeans to keep us from being killed. <laughs> he brought the Europeans to get them killed. Because he woke up in the future and found out they were killed. And then, and then the old version shows up and says, "You're a dumbass. Sorry, <laughs> you caused this." And they destroy the thing, and the old one disappears, and everything's okay. It became a timey wimey, self fulfilling prophecy deal. Yes, that he's responsible for their own destruction, and all he can sit and do is go, "Dumb buffalo." <laughs> No, there's a reason. Space, space buffalo. There's Doesn't a reason. Count as an anthropomorphized alien. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't get so much that it was an alien as so much as it was an indigenous. No, it was an alien. Was it was a space buffalo. It was because, a space buffalo because it got frozen and reawoken. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, care. I, it was a space, I, 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 space I just, buffalo. Okay. I assumed it was a space <laughs> I buffalo. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on this stupid story. I don't have to know if it was from space or. I just knew it was a talking buffalo. Let's talk about a stupid talking buffalo. A stupid talking buffalo. buffalo. Who became the stereotypical stupid Stupid talking talking buffalo? buffalo. (laughs) Space buffalo. Because (laughs) he was all like this, and I'm going to. It's like really? Could you? You know what? Let's call him Monstro the Whale. They, they really should have got Brian Blessed to be the space <laughs> whale. It would have made it so much better. Would have I wouldn't have cared. I would have cared. gone, hey, it's Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed I love this story. <laughs> he could have been the voice of Christopher Columbus, too, because obviously the guy who was doing Christopher Columbus was doing the Space Buffalo because there's only one other credited only actor. One other credit. so. Maybe that's Nicola's real voice after that. <laughs> After a couple of cigarettes. Of cigarettes. <laughs> we thought it was challenging going from her normal level to Perry, but going from but Perry down to space, space buffalo is... Uh, 
just this is the stinker in the oh, Destiny of the Doctor absolutely. series so far. And in fact, it can only get better. <laughs> Knock on wood. I don't <laughs> see how they can do now, worse. You know, here's something funny, and, and, and Holly mentioned this in hers, and I wanted to talk about this. I've never been looking forward to a McCoy story <laughs> so much in my life. <laughs> here's the funny thing. I 100% agree with Holly on the intro music. That that to me that that is one of those trappings that I need. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I need it, but I appreciate that so much in the Destiny of the Doctors that they use the correct intro for each doctor. For each doctor yeah. And it drives me nuts when Big Finish doesn't. Yeah. Because yeah. Big Finish kind of has the standard. Here's the Who theme that we're using. Yeah. And I appreciate well, Pauls are different. I appreciate the yeah. Pauls are different because it's Eighth Doctor era. I don't particularly like his version of the theme, but that's okay. It's it's different, so I know what I'm listening to. But this started off, and it was just like, oh yay, it's a Sixth Doctor, and I'm so excited because we're doing all the Sixth Doctor stuff, and this is going to be fun. And it, it does it when I write the little short stories. I spend hours looking for the Doctor Who font of the Doctor that I'm writing for. Nobody sees it but me. Because it doesn't translate. It doesn't put it up on but the it's, website. But it's necessary for but you. I need, that the, I need yeah. that to, to lock my brain into that particular time zone. So when I hear that particular theme tied to that story, it's like, all right, here we go. And it was all downhill from there. You know what? It was so maddening. The other thing that hurts this is that, and now granted, it lacks the actual doctor in the story, meaning... Uh, uh, Colin Baker being in the story, but yeah. that we, we, we have praised all of the Six Doctor audios because they flesh out the Doctor Six Doctor so well. Yes. And they do they, they do what the series unfortunately did not do well enough with the Six Doctors. They flesh that doctor out and they make him enjoyable and he you see him for what the doctor could have been in that era. And even Nicola Bryant as Perry in, in the Big Finish audios is superb and fantastic. And I don't want to fault her in this because she no, delivered it she very did, well. Yeah. She, she delivered She did the best with what well. she was yes. given. She just wasn't given very but much. But yeah, just the material she was given. She was given, given space so, buffalo. So suddenly we're back to... Dumb, stupid space We're buffalo. back to, to me, this this is, this is feels like Twin Dilemma to me. This feels like the Doctor and Perry and Twin Dilemma. And, and so when I, I started listening to it, I thought, okay, well, this feels a little Six Doctor but unfortunately, it sounds like it feels like early. It's early. It's early. Yeah, early, early, early before they fleshed yeah, out that relationship. Just, before they oh. did that, and yeah, I suppose there is a place for stories that could fit into that. Oh, but let's let's if, not do stupid if, material, though. If you gave the <laughs> reasons well, that these characters evolved, if you showed the steps of that relationship forming, if you showed Perry going through something that made her not be whiny anymore, but. And let's be honest, but this this is the thing that I think everybody misses about Perry. And part of it, we're we're doing a little bit of a disservice to Keith just because, well, again, but he hasn't seen Twin Dilemma. Perry in Planet of Fire is not whiny Perry. No, she's not. not. I don't think Perry in Caves is is whiny Perry. No, 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 she is not. Perry's whiny in Twin Dilemma. Yes. But that's because of the circumstances of Twin Dilemma. (laughs) And I would agree. But everybody rags on Perry for, oh, Perry was the whiny one. No. Not at all. That maybe 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 a little bit. Yeah. But no. There's times where she's complaining. But she's, complains. she's not whining. She complains like she Tegan complains. complains. Yeah. Exactly. But she's not the whiner. She's yeah. not. Oh well, yeah. yeah, Tegan complains she's, way yeah. more than Perry does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Absolutely. But Perry but Perry bears bears the brunt of that. Even the, the little... be- I think it's, I think it's because the pitch of her voice 
in an American accent. I think I think that's what makes it, it sound whinier than Tegan's that Australian accent. That could be it. It's yeah. it's all in how it sounds. Even that we'll an, talk even that even that, that little animated we'll about the, the era, but even that picture drawing of all the different companions yelling "Doctor" and mm-hmm. Perry's and the, and she just the whole and that's the personification of it. That's the caricature of that particular companion, mm-hmm. and it's unfair. But this played right back in that... It was, yes. it was almost oh, like this so was weird. written by somebody who didn't know anything about Doctor Who, and the only episode he'd seen, he'd been assigned to Six and Perry, and the only one he'd seen was Twin Dilemma, so he wrote it in Well, that's style. what he did. He went back and said, uh, there's Twin Dilemma. Well, that's the first one, so that'll be the best representation. I'm sure that's not true, but that's what it feels like. That's what like. it feels like, yeah. yeah. So oh, my gosh. It, it, was, it was not... And like I said, there were so many little things that I wanted to like. I wanted to like the fact that we were... Trying to do the historical and twist it on the side. I wanted to like the fact that. Unfortunately, this is not the first time she he's written for Perry, as Chrissy mentioned. He well, wrote yeah, the I, Kingmaker. I the, yeah, I got the impression that, that and Perry was in that story as well. Uh, Perry and the Piscon Paradox, which is regarded as like the pinnacle of Big Finish. Yeah, Perry's it's, it's, a, it's a companion I've heard that as well. Yeah, I've heard that as well. The guy also wrote Omega. The audio. Oh, adventure. and I loved Omega. We all loved Omega. I loved Omega. I don't know what happened Man, between I them. Omega. I don't know. Maybe he was <laughs> constricted by the time. I don't know. And maybe maybe the time was constricting. Maybe the format, which is different than the Big Finish audio drama. I don't know. Something went awry. Yeah. Very awry. And Gosh. we got stupid space buffalo. <laughs> All right. And I, don't, I don't mean stupid like it was a stupid idea. I mean stupid like the character was stupid. Like he just was not a smart space buffalo. Let's he get off this one so that I can buffalo. do. I can be a two for this week. <laughs> he was a bottom of the barrel space buffalo. He was the space buffalo who, in space buffalo class, had to sit in the corner with the space <laughs> buffalo dunce camp on his head. He didn't learn. All right. Let's move on to my. Don't be a space buffalo. Go to school. <laughs> That's what I took out of the story. <laughs> I'm reaching for that silver lining. Don't be Well, there's our episode title for this week. T-shirts are going to be printed. Don't be a space bubble. I would buy that and wear that. People would look at you like you were... What? Trust me. Just don't be a space bubble. Uh, and my apologies go out to anybody who really liked this story and Next was looking up, forward to listening it. I didn't hear anybody saying very <laughs> well, good about well, it. We had so. a couple of feedbacks. Like, oh, oh really uh, Holly actually. Holly, 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 Holly was positive on it. She touched on the things that I did like about it, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Go on. Mind warp. The doctor is on trial for his life, plucked out of time and space by the. T- Time Lords, he is charged with transgressing the first law of time. He must defend himself against the prosecution led by the sinister Valiard. The Valiard's prosecution continues as he presents damning evidence of the Doctor's interference on the planet Theros Beta. Dangerous experiments are being carried out there that could affect the future of all life, and they must be stopped. But why is the Doctor so determined to sit... To help his former enemy, the greedy opportunistic Sill, and why has he turned against his companion Perry? One thing is certain: someone will die. Dun dun dun! It's enjoyable. It has it plot issues. Yeah, okay. I give it a little bit stronger than that, issues. but I'll freely admit that my stronger. It, it, purely it, it, is because of Brian Blessed. That's what makes this episode <laughs> well, so enjoyable to watch, is Brian Blessed. There's two things about this episode that I really enjoy. Brian Blessed and No Space Buffalo. <laughs> and you didn't even know that the second part was there until oh my God. week. Towns of Winter Hang just jumped like 12 points. 
No space bubble. Um, <laughs> a town called Mercy is a masterpiece <laughs> because there is no space bubble. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, now, now we can do Twin Dilemma. <laughs> it's gonna be better than that. The Trouble in Paradise. We have now found the worst six soccer story ever. Oh, <laughs> just. It's on the rating scale. We had golden bow tie, and then somewhere down at the bottom, whatever we were doing. We had Merca at one point. We Merca. <laughs> and now there's Space Buffalo. <laughs> uh, somebody else start on this, because I don't. I just don't want to go into all the negativity. Uh, a lot of people have brought... Um, Scott brought up a lot of the plot issues, and I would agree with a lot of the problems with it. That's see. Uh, There's a the thing it's, is it's, you can't have done it and say it's well, got plot it's problems got pro- because it's, it's got, got a lot plot of problems, problems, plot, plot, but it's a lot of fun to watch. Plot, 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 plot. I had a lot of fun watching this story because of Brian Blessed. <laughs> okay, but no, no, no. Okay, but let me do this. Let me do this because you're right. That's the reason it's, why it's, I can still watch this is because I love him and I love his performance. It's a lot of fun to Let's watch. Take the fun of Brian Blessed's performance out of this altogether and tell me what else is good about this. Sean, this Sean is, can do it because I really this, think he genuinely sees the gold lining in this. This story. is going to be very difficult because my, 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 if he were just to ask me, if man on the street were to ask me, sir, stop, what do you think of the Trial of the Time Lord story, Mind Warp? I'd go, are you kidding? It's got Brian Blessed in it. <laughs> and I'd leave it at that. Taking Brian Blessed out, there, there, there's still a lot of things to like here. There's still a lot of good in this story. Don't tell me Sill and Kiv. I'm not going to say Sill and Kiv. They're pointless, and they gurgle through the whole thing, and there's no reason for them other than the fact that we've got to replace Kiv's body. The Sill's got to be there because he's trying to make money off but, of it. But they could have done That's a, anybody else exactly. needing the body. Exactly. They to be Sill and w- Watching this episode really kind of made me think that perhaps... Sil and Kiv were the Doctor Who forerunners to Deep Space Nine's Ferengi. <laughs> but Ferengi weren't as obnoxious. They were initially. If you go back and well, watch the next, the next gen episode episodes, where the Ferengi yes. first appear, they, they are were very horribly very, annoying. Very annoying. And it wasn't until Armin Shimmerman and Iron, uh, Ira Bear got together on Deep Space Nine and they kind of figured out the Ferengi that they mm-hmm. became cool, likable characters. Yeah, I'm retconning. Still, Kiv are not I, cool, likable characters. I, but I, I, I think the, I think the potential is there. That and I'm with Scott. I didn't need not need to see Sill again beyond Vengeance of Earth. Sill is a horrible character. Sill is a horribly <clears throat> annoying, grotesque, nasty person. And I use person in the broadest <laughs> sense of the word. I'm sure the actor is a very fine gentleman. The character is disgusting. But at times, that's okay. At times, you need a character that bad to put your hero up against to have something happen. So I, I, I understand it from the plot standpoint. Did they do a good job with it? Here's the problem, though. If you're going to do that, let's utilize Sill. Let's not have him just there to hiss and gurgle and be and just try that. and kiss up to the exactly. other guy. Exactly, right, that. because that's all it. That's all he it does. It undermines what it he does, did in Vengeance it, on Veros. Exactly, and if if Sill had been do a little, I mean, he's, there's a little baseline of him conniving, trying to get closer to Kiv so that he can, you know, be a second in command or take over or or or, or use this. Same thing that Kim's using. If, if they had gone to the manipulation level and, and still seemed to have more of a plan than he did, still would have been fine. But he's just 
there. He's just annoying. He's just yeah. there. And Kiv is too. And, I mean, and, and Kiv well, needs I liked, more I, of a development of the character. Kiv was Will. a bit more interesting than Syl. I liked Kiv a lot better than I liked Syl because I knew uh, Syl was a one note character. I knew where Syl was coming from and I knew where he was going to wind up. He had no interest in seeing Kiv survive. No, he didn't. Unless it was because he genuinely thought, yeah, I might be able to learn something else from him. And he said that. He said, I, I, I don't have all of his secrets to business yet. Not to mention, he, yeah, because when he realized that he was going to wake up from this, that I don't think Syl thought was going to work, when he said, he said, I have to be closest to him when he wakes up, so I'm the first one That'd to see. That'd be the scariest face to wake up moment. to. Yeah, then they make a comedic moment out of it. I, I, I think, now, part of this might be because of the planned season that, that didn't come into being. Syl was scheduled to return this yeah, season new, in uh, Mission in to Magnus. Yeah, is that the I name think that of was it? what it was called. Um, and then they scrapped all of that right. in order to do the trial. So maybe some of this is left over from that story, and they be. just pulled from it and thought, well, we've got Syl. He was already contracted out. We'll go ahead and bring him into this story. And maybe that's why he doesn't fit quite as well. The whole idea of the brain transfer, I think, is a fantastic concept. I think a, that's, it's a fine I think, concept. I think it's, I think it's genius. And I think the danger is definitely one of those things the Time Lords would have had finger on the button yeah, voice to go, it. we're going to go but, screw this up and stop it. But the problem is... They the sit do- and watch the do- it happen. The, they sit and, and, and then they pull the one person out that could stop it. Yes, yes. exactly. They pull it out. Of now, don't get me <laughs> wrong. being there intervening. Don't what? get me wrong. The story surrounding this of the trial, it's important that what happens here happens for that... But we could have done that in an episode or two. I mean, it just it we dragged it out to four ep- lame story episodes. Thank goodness Brian Blessed was there to save the day. <laughs> but I agree with Scott that we don't know from our perspective because I didn't even watch this in the eighties. I watched this when I was rediscovering Doctor Who in the early two thousands and was going back and, and filling in some of the holes from mm-hmm. that I had left because I've talked about this before. When Colin Baker came around, I was entering high school, or was in high school, and girls and sports and other things were, you know, more important to me than Doctor Who. And it was, yeah, well, no, that was that was (laughs) earlier than that. But so I got away from it, didn't see a lot of Colin Baker, and then missed Sylvester McCoy altogether. So I had to go back and revisit all of that. So I sat down and watched all this together. So I started on Twin Dilemma, and it was a horrible stinker, but I eventually started watching The Sixth Doctor and was really enjoying The Sixth Doctor until we came to this story. And I did the same thing where I thought that the story goes nowhere. I wish I, I, I would love to have Chrissy here because I wanted to pick, I want to pick her brain as to why this is a good story to her because it's not a good story. I don't see any other than the ideas that are presented here, which could have been good, as you said. They they don't go well. They don't. They, does it, it doesn't work well enough with what they do with it's, it. It's unfortunate from the standpoint of the, the the actual plot, taking out all of the trial framework, taking out. Brian Blessed, and just dealing with the events on the planet. It is a standard Doctor Who story. It's not even... It is. It, 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 it is. It, 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 we arrive, there is a problem, yes. there is a villain, yes. we split up, after we get captured, we're accused of a murder because we found yet another dead body. Right. <laughs> we well, split up. to be fair, he did kill the thing and just attacked them. Maybe. Well, P- Perry goes off with one group of people. The doctor goes off with another. There's a little bit of misdirection. Right. And then the rebellion starts, and we're going to kick off the evil overlords. And then everything kind of goes wonky at the end. Then a companion dies. 
that's the one twist that's a little different than a standard Doctor Who yeah, story. Yeah. A standard Doctor Who yeah. story would end with, we fixed it, and now we're going to fly away. But we've got the Doctor in this story running around like a bumbling idiot. and Being the, very undoctor Very, very under-doctor-like. And, and, and there is he a, really is because of the brainwave. And they, or they the start to Valiard. establish that he really is putting on this act. But the problem is, because the value art is having to manipulate some of this information so that he can paint the Doctor in a very bad light for the Time Lords, you don't get a clear picture as the viewer as to whether he really is... You know, faking it. Faking it, yeah, thank you. Because, it, it, again, it, it pays off. This is the, That's what's so difficult about reviewing these one at a time, <laughs> is things in this story pay off for the entire trial... As they do for uh, 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 last week's uh, Mysterious, Mysterious Planet. Planet. There are things that will pay off for us. But just this one here, and the ending of this is horrid. I hate it. I just, I can't stand it, even it's, though it's, a shocking it's manipulated. Ending. I hate it. I hate the, the, the shock value of it. I hate that a great companion, as Scott said, was who was finally getting her her worth and you and was... was Becoming such a strong companion, and her and Sixth Doctor were working so well at this point, and to get a send off like this, albeit what happens later, it it doesn't work for me, and it just ends, and they pull him out of time, and that's when they 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 pull him out as he's it it doesn't end well, it 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 works for this whole overarching story but it doesn't work as a standalone and it well, just and it should at least resolve itself as Mysterious Planet did uh, and still work in the somewhat. context of Mysterious Planet didn't fully resolve itself either there was a lot of plot I thought that needed to be addressed there were a lot Mysterious of big Planet. issues left dangling at the end of Mysterious Planet and in fairness well there are which, which, but not, not like this well but in not fairness like now this felt like more of a when this episode resolution than that because everyone was killed I see. I don't. I don't get a resolution out of it at all. Well, it, it ends. This to me ends on a cliffhanger. We don't know who died in there. We know that Perry died. Perry was about. To I die. guess I assume that Brian or King Akanos was killed also and killed There's everyone else. There's a big else. fight there at the end. Yeah. I, this for me ends on a cliffhanger. And in fairness, when it aired, it did not air as Mind Warp. It aired as Trial of Time, yeah. parts five, six, seven, and, and eight. It, there's, as you pointed out, Friday, come. as you pointed out, Friday Night Who. There's, it's just labeled as, you know, yeah. part. They did six, not label it Mind seven. Warp until. Yeah. Uh, in uh, fact, uh, even the, the DVD later. spine just says Trial of a Time Lord. Yeah, they yeah. all say that. Yeah. So you know, for, for for taking it in that aspect, knowing that there is more story to come, and that this is just the middle piece of the trilogy, this this is one of those things that I I can switch gears on it. With a Man of Steel, yes, there's going to be a second movie, yeah. but it felt unfinished to me. I'm in the middle part of this, and I know that there's more to come. So I'm the okay problem with is, the way that particular part of it They ended. framed it, though, because you start off with Mysterious Planet having a beginning, middle, and end, even though it's the first part of this broad story. And then to have this one have a beginning, lackluster middle, and just a cliffhanger ending, it just... it. it it worked against its formula that it established in its first story in uh, a Mysterious Planet. Even though we left questions that have to be answered later in Mysterious Planet, there was a beginning, middle, and an ending. Well, and and I, I agree. Sort of and I, I think part of that is to do with creative storytelling. 
Because of the trial framework, that's and there's set none up here. in this. Well, <laughs> there's none in the story. Because of the trial set, the trial works well. What the, what the, story the, what the Valyard is doing for his pieces of evidence is he pulls an adventure from the Doctor's past. Right. He pulls an adventure from the Doctor's present, present. and he pulls an adventure from the Doctor's future. Yeah. Oh. Spoilers. Spoilers. I was kind of wondering how that was going to work because I knew Mel was coming next. That, that, so that, that, that's how that's going to work. So when the doctor in the next episode, when the doctor is watching the trial bits, he won't know what's going on. It's huh. all new to him. Yeah, he has. He has that's clever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's just it. It is clever. I agree. So that's the problem, though. When dealing with the past segment, it has a beginning, middle, and end because it's past. It ended. This is this is pre- still going on. This is the present. So the doctor's still being affected by the events that are going on, and he doesn't know how it All ends right. because he was pulled out in the middle of it. That's clever storytelling, but you're right. It affects the quality of mind warp yes. as a standalone yes. story Agreed. because it's so reliant. This is the and maybe that's maybe that's my problem that is I've always gone into this knowing that this is part of an overall story arc and that there's continuation here, and this is an entire season of one story. But I always go into both because Mysterious Planet does such a good job of, of of telling a story. I always go into this one looking for the story in Mind Warp, and that's the, what where it falls down is it's not. It's just it, yeah. it's just it's its own thing. But the other thing that doesn't work is at the very least I wanted better motivations from Sill. I wanted better motivations from Kim. I wanted more exploration of this mad scientist guy. Uh, I, I love him. Yeah. I think I think he, he, he was fantastic in the in the in the show. But they we know what he's doing. We don't know his ultimate motives for doing it though. That's that does never present it as well. Unfortunately, because you have to cut it off and end it where it does. But we never explore where uh, Blessed's character and tribe came from initially. I would have loved more of that and where they're going. I would have if we're going to establish a romance between. Perry and the King, let's do it. Let's not go crazy with it, but let's get a little more than just throwing us little particle hints so that there's a payoff of that later on what, as well. What, what would have worked much better is if you use the, using the same story, we don't mention Syl and Kib at all. They're not in the episode. We're just on a planet. Maybe this is King Yakranos' planet. And the mad scientist has shown up and starting to do all these Thank experiments. Yes. That and, would have to save his own brain. You know, and well, not even that. Bad. Just the guys wanting to experiment on him and grab this guy. Or he, he doesn't wa- care that well, he's I'm a fine he with just, or know. expanding his own brain. I, I, I'm fine with that element of it. But that, but by eliminating Syl and Kim from this, it, story, it would eliminate a lot of problems. It would eliminate a lot story. of problems, and it would give you that breathing room to get a little bit more of the uh, the, the romance aspects. Which I thought he was pretty sweet on her from the beginning. Oh I, yeah, I, th- th- their scenes oh, together were so yeah. touching. But I'll get in that in a minute. Yeah. But it would it would allow you for that breathing room to be able to do that kind of stuff while still having the overall trial go on. But putting them in there, and like I said, maybe it was a financial thing, maybe it was leftover, maybe it was already contracted. Whatever the uh, circumstances dictated that we had to have still in the story. Okay, what if you went the other way? What if you don't introduce Kib as a new character, and Syl is the one that he's got something wrong with him, and he needs the brain transplant? Now all of a sudden he's now, a little bit more interesting. Be more interesting. But we, as the audience, are going, "Let him die. We yeah, don't care." Exactly. Exactly. So how do you make it now that there is that element? Uh, you 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 have to have, you have to craft something in the story. Think about this for a minute, where it becomes imperative that Syl must survive. At no at whatever cost, something is going to happen down the road. We may not like what he does, but we know that down the road in the future he does this and he perhaps saves he's the one. That, yeah, makes a negotiation on somebody's behalf in order it, to yeah exactly. And the doctor has that information, and now he's stuck. Because Syl has to survive. Syl has to be put in that. But the only person who can possibly carry his brain is Perry. 
and she's got that revulsion toward him and that past and that history. Okay, now all of a sudden this is an interesting story and it's good drama. Where are you going mm-hmm. with that? There are all kinds of different things that could have worked. And unfortunately what we got was the standard Doctor Who story. But I think we got the standard Doctor Who story well, because they were treating it as the tentpole to that framework. Well, yeah. And that I think is kind of where I, I think a lot of people look at Mind Warp and it, and it gets bogged down in that from the unfortunate standpoint because it, I, I, we're doing it in a disservice by reviewing it separately because it's not a standalone story. Right. But we're treating it as one. But we're and, and, and we're getting there because there's no way I think that we could well, have same, punched same. all of these and then said, okay, here here's the real review. Right. And it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing with apart. Mysterious Planet. It was a very enjoyable to watch, but until I can see the entire arc, I need to kind of withhold my judgment. All I can say is I had fun watching it. And I, I, I think what, what dooms this is, is key to time. Because Key to Time had an overall story arc to it as well. And very well-established stories but, within. But each yeah. individual but episode well, was Yeah, you're right. I, there was one in that one that I... Well, there were several that most of us... That, oh, no. Yeah, I, there was like two or... No, Blood... Uh, I came down a lot harder on most of them than I did, but... Uh, no, the the uh, Stones one. Stones of Blood? Uh, yeah, I like Stones of no, Blood. See, I like Stones of Blood, too. That's not the name of it. Oh, it is Stones of Power of Kroll. We all kind of no. See, I thought I thought I came above. Really, Carl's, I, I don't think it was. A, I raved about I, it. but Power of Crawl, I always thought was a pretty good. I, I I remember that by the end of it, we all were kind of like, there weren't as many good as there were bad in that entire run. Well, Armageddon. I remember us talking about that. Real, real, real briefly, there's only got, two that Ar- I remember. Armageddon Factor. The think first we're all one. No, not Armageddon Factor. What's the Ribos Operation? Which Ribos. is kind of me to, to kick things off. Rebus is my other one that I, I'm not all that fond yeah. of. Um, it's, Pirate Kroll, I like. But then we get, you, you have to bad. do them in order. So Rebus and then Pirate Planet. Pirate Planet's which fantastic. Which is fantastic, but that's the Douglas Adams one. Be- Stones of Blood. Fantastic. Which I like. You've always liked it. I enjoyed it. But that's because it felt like. Canine and Company. Let's just keep going. Androids of Terra, which. I thought both of you liked it. I did I was like that. Yeah, you did. But you I think that was also the week that I missed it. I liked Androids. Um, then Power of Kroll, which it's, you liked. I liked but Power of Kroll. I didn't. I don't think you did. Power of Kroll has, has issues. Androids of Terra and Power of Kroll, I were both kind of. Yeah. And then Armageddon yeah. Factor, which I liked. Right, Armageddon Factor. Which is the, the end of everything. But we also talked about how. Oh, wait, no, I did. I, Power of Kroll just popped into my head of what it was. And I, yeah, you're right. I didn't like Power of Kroll. Yeah, you're okay. right. Oracle, I was down on. So we were about half and half on that story. Half half. But again, they are individual stories. They're more, compartmentalized. Yeah. There's more stories. More there's like four true. in this one. So. But I think what happened is that when they said we're going to, and what happened is that we've got Key to Time and it's a whole season. So when they said we're doing Trial of a Time Lord and it's a whole season, everybody automatically default set their brains to Key to Time, and that's what they're expecting. They're expecting an overall story that. arc that with be. four individual stories or six or however many there happens to be, and that's not what they got. They got more of a really complete 14 episode story. Well, it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe that's part of the problem as well. Now let's talk about Brian so West. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. There's, there's something <laughs> else that's from really Chrissy, great about the from story. From Chrissy's perspective, then, how does she, how, I guess I need more of why this she thinks her, this is a good story. Because this is her favorite out of the Yeah. Out of the and for what you're season. arguing, I agree with what you're saying now. That makes total sense. But now, I, I, now I'm very confused on why this is her favorite and why this is a good story. Two because words. we've established it's not Brian, Brian Blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and not only, before we even meet him... The establishing landing on the planet effects. I was impressed by Cool. I thought that was really landing cool. Landing in the ocean. That was oh, yeah, 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 And then the, the backgrounds. And and, yeah. That was all very impressive. Continued 
Keith's question as to why the uh, water didn't seep into the TARDIS. <laughs> it did. The pool was pink for years. <laughs> That's so all, all, all of the books had on the issues bottom. When Clara walks through the library, all of the books on the bottom shelves are waterlogged. <laughs> you have pink. I mean, making that up. Um, but that, that entire sequence was well, awesome. I love the fact that not only does the TARDIS appear, which would have been easy to just, uh, you know, look at this nifty effect that we did. But the fact that the door opens, the doctor leans out. Okay, that would have been easy to do. But then he gets out and steps down into the water and begins yeah. slogging his way to shore. Like, yeah, I parked. This is where we're going to be. You know? I'm not moving. Yeah, it's not so bad. That's latitude. As long as you don't hang about, because, well, there might be something in the well, water. Perry's whining you. about that. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, admittedly, she's apparently got issues because every time she, she steps off the ship into the water, she drowns. <laughs> so it's only, you can drown in a teaspoon of water. She's probably looking at that two feet going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that, yeah, I agree with you. That was a, no, that that was a fantastic, was fantastic open. I've always liked that. I've always thought that was way cool. I suppose she nearly drowns because if you drown, you don't drown. Well, it's yeah. like if you're electrocuted, you're electrocuted. It's like mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead. Here's another thing that I thought about. So the doctor gets the brain shock, and then he acts really bizarre. And you're right; we're not sure what's going on with him. And they go to we're going to do the sneak attack thing, and we're going to go through the, the embarkation. I don't know the total recall point, whatever it was on the planet where <laughs> right. something was happening, right. and we're going to go here and do this. And Yacronos is all, yeah, and he's ready to charge in and do that. And the doctor's like, hello, and surprise, and being all weird and everything. And then he has no other choice, the king does, than to run away. So now we come down to the, all right, is this the doctor still mind-scrambled because of the electric shock? Or is this part of the doctor's overall plan because he's pulling this fast one and he's going to play that he's scrambled? And he knows that, in, in a way, if this is true, and we unfortunately don't know, but if it's true... I think it elevates the doctor's plan one step above what we thought it was. Because now he's got this big excuse that he can go back and they've got dozens of witnesses that say, yeah, he was really weird and he foiled this attempt. But I think the doctor's already latched on to Yacronos as being that guy. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to get hurt. Right. Mm. Right. I can and see so that. if I do this now publicly and force him to not go through with that this. That works. That works. I've isolated You've him and kept him out of, of trouble. I, I agree. Maybe That's not. Good. Maybe That's he's good. mind scrambled, and Yakranos really has a reason to be legitimately pissed at him. But yeah. <laughs> just no, I, I agree. I didn't and, think of that at the time we were watching it. In fact, quite honestly, I was miffed at the doctor for not winding up Brian Blessed and turning him loose on these people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which I'm sure that would have ended the story much sooner. I'm sure these people had done nothing to him. But I didn't care. I was ready to watch him knock heads together, <laughs> and he didn't get to do it. I was like, ah. Oh. But then I thought about it. I was like, maybe he did that. Maybe the doctor's such a pacifist yeah, that, that he knows sense. that it, that, doesn't yeah, make that sense. works. So that works. I don't know, but that's just that. And I thought the makeup on the werewolf guy was pretty impressive for the time. It's funny everybody says he looks like a dog. He looked more like a rat to me. He did kind of look like a rat. But they, but they, they kept calling him a dog. Yeah. So. What was impressive, and you commented, is how wide that guy's mouth the had to be. It always was open, yeah. pretty much the entire time. Which I'm, I'm convinced that's why they hired that guy, because they knew what sort of prosthetics they are going to put on him, and it would be even more impressive and wolf-like or rat-like or whatever. <laughs> now, I didn't find him all that... I didn't find the, the, the makeup prosthetics in and of themselves all that impressive. I, I, th- I, thought, I thought they were interesting, but... M- married with his look well, yeah, and being able with, with his like look that. and obviously it's not full 
whatever. It's halfway between mm-hmm. human and animal. Right. I thought that was it, it was an effective effect. And it, I, I, I will. It, it unfortunately, <laughs> he became the giant clam of the story. Well, because he's been experimented on. And by giant clam, of course, I'm referring to Genesis. He's been experimented on to achieve this result. Mm-hmm. And Yakranos says, what have they done to you? But that doesn't have anything to do with the genetic mind transfer. Well, yeah. yeah. That's the problem. It's just an excuse to give us a prosthetic a monster. monster. Yeah. Admitted. Failing. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, can't, that, that, I can't come up with a good one on that. That was a good point. <laughs> I tried. I didn't think of that. But to address sort of the question that's but that you issued to, to Scott, which... It's going to have to be altered for me because, as I said, I didn't see it in the 80s and it was it was revisiting. This is one of those that I'm on my, well, two and a half times through this because I don't know why I only watched it halfway one other time. <laughs> it gave up. No, I think I, think I watched it for uh, a recall on what happened to Perry or something. I don't remember. and I didn't watch the whole thing. But this is my second, it was my second and a half time through it. It... it it is much more tolerable the second time because once you get off that, once you get over that impassioned, I can't believe that you made Perry go out this way. I can't believe that I sat here and watched, you know, four hours, or not four hours, two and a half hours of Kiv and Syl doing nothing. And those little things about it, you kind of can wash over and you kind of and you start looking at the good pieces of it, which are which is Brian Blessed's performance, which is the beautiful planet when they sit down, yeah. the gorgeous colors, and how they do that, how they manipulate that. The the this was the first time that I looked at the uh, the crazy scientist guy and really appreciated his portrayal in it. I thought, wow, this he guy, really this good. is good. This guy's good, and he and, and Blessed, even though they don't have a lot of of. Of scenes together, the ones they do, they really just have this, you know, this wonderful conflict. Uh, Wake up, get off the table, go nuts. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, flipping tables and breaking beakers. It was like just things like that. I mean, it, so I, I am able to see some of the gems in this, but I still just don't see what I want to see out of the story. And and and, and uh, the courtroom confrontations in this one—that was another thing that the first time that I watched through this. I knew what was going on, and I understood everything, but I'm really absorbing the the whole courtroom scene better this time. Because the first time I watched it, I didn't expect it. I didn't know much about the Trial of the Time Lord season. I knew it was going to be one overarching story arc. But I didn't. I, I still was you know used to watching Dep- Doctor Who in episodic format, where this is a standalone story, this is a standalone story, this is, an, and I, obviously that's still a fault for me now because of what we discussed. But I'm able to focus more on the courtroom and the overall picture this time. So this one, all of the courtroom scenes in this are wonderful. The exchanges yeah. between the jo- Valiard, the the this really, I mean, it's it's almost a a uh, it's one of those uh, ring fights where in the first round. You've got one guy that's winning, and then in the second round or the third round, it changes. You know, you've got the other guy winning this time. So the doctor shines in the first one. He's really putting the value art down and yeah. just striking everything down. And you're going, yeah, rah, 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 doctor. And then this one, the value art's getting the upper hand, albeit controlling and manipulative, but he's getting the upper hand in this one and so it's an interesting you know the, pe- the pendulum swings the other way and you you see that you know the doctor's off put off you know uh, tilt a bit he's on his he's, back foot yeah the whole he's thing. confused he's on his back foot he's he's 
perplexed because there's a lot of things that he doesn't remember about it or it feels that things have been altered and you know so and obviously that because this is happening in pretty much his present so it's it's yeah it, it, so watching those pieces of it is, is much more enjoyable so i scott yeah i say go back give it another try give the entire run now that, that's interesting that don't you, just you, go back and watch you, it so you, much, you've so. gone from so your, your your early comments were to me off my eh, I, I can't uh, yeah. and you didn't like it but that was after one viewing in the when did you go back and see it the first time either late 90s or early it was when back when uh, I was borrowing stuff with from you and I got to Colin Baker's uh, era and I decided that I better see everything so I got a hold of all of 6 and 7 so, so I think it was in the early 2000s early, early 2000s maybe late 90s might have been late 90s might have been late 90s okay so that was 20 years now 90s, 2000, 2000. That's what most men. Yeah. About 15, about, years about, ago, about 15 yeah. 20 years. And you went from, wow, 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 terrible to, man. Yeah, pretty much. So if a bigger gap, <laughs> 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 I'm trying to build this up for you, Scott. If, if it's a bigger gap in time between seeing it originally in the 80s and now going back and watching it, maybe there would be an even greater. Now that, now that there's been nearly 30 years under yeah. the. <laughs> 30 years under the bridge. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think that's I think that's interesting, and I, I I really I can't I can't wait to go back and look at some of the other stuff that we've reviewed. And go, wow, I can't believe I liked that when we watched it the first time. Any other thoughts? You I know Keith's champion. You, you mentioned chomping and how how upset and distraught you were, or about how they dispatched a Perry. Maybe because I know how it really ends up, but I thought this was bold. What a bold way to get rid of a companion. And almost makes her a very tragic figure that you almost wish you would have never picked up with the Doctor in the first place because of what ends up happening to her. Oh, but I already thought that with Adric. I would have yeah, the same but, thing, where I was like, but, but, but that was but, more noble. It was a noble death. That's yeah. the difference. That's true. This was yeah. sacrifice for nothing. Yeah, that's true. Wow. And, 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 that's real life. And, and that's all, that is this insult is real to injury life. in this yeah. one because not only she's taken over she, she, she is, she's gone. She is mind and, wiped. And then her body is still here. It's almost and like then killed. Being <laughs> that doesn't make it better for me. You know what I mean? That it, just it, makes it, 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 just makes it worse. That just makes it Because it's not, it doesn't feel Doctor it, Who. And you know I have, I, I paint most of my Doctor Who in this really standard, I probably shouldn't, but I paint most of my Doctor Who in this standard format. This is how Doctor Who really should be. So when they step outside... I give them and, props and, for stepping and it makes outside. Me, and it makes me a nerd. Well, you, you can give it props all you want, but it doesn't mean you're going to like it. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? I, I, There's I just a lot of times the, that I'll, I'll say something and super, I'll go, I, I appreciate well, the, the yes. way that they did that or why they did that. But a lot of times I, I don't have to like it because it doesn't it doesn't fall within my I will argue that's the same thinking as to why people don't like Love and Monsters. No, I would agree. I would agree. It's just, <laughs> it's just far enough outside I, that I, bubble. I agree. That and I are. recognize that. But I also... I'm able to look at that from a different perspective too. So, I'm not picking on. You. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I was. If the doctor and the rose had have... been in it more, and it had been presented in the way that it was, I might have had more of an issue. I think probably because the doctor and rose is pulled out of mm, Eleven Monsters, it, it. I'm a little more accepting of it. It's kind of an outside looking in type thing, as opposed to changing the way we do it on the inside. Let's talk about the triumph for this episode. Let's talk about Brian Blessed. <laughs> I spent all episode waiting to get to Brian Blessed. Yeah. So amazing. 
for being Brian Wilson. He's not doing anything different than I've ever seen him do. No, yeah, I agree. When he played Robin Hood's dad in Prince of Tights, uh, Prince of Tights, (laughs) Prince of Thieves, (laughs) at the beginning of of the Costner film, what does he do? He gets his armor, and he rides out on his horse, and he's ambushed, and what does he do? Ah! And charges into battle, and then presumably (laughs) dies. Right. And he was like, yay! Flash Gordon. Yep. Full tad. He's doing the thing. What is it? I, what, well, it's just him. okay. Black Adder. He's he's King yeah. uh, uh, Richard. Yes, he's King Richard in in Black Adder. That's that's what he is. He's this mar- now. He, he's a caricature of Brian Blessed, even in that. <laughs> yeah. But he's just rah, you know, uh, storm the castle. You know, take over. What do you think, Kroll? Was Am he Kroll? I don't remember him in Kroll. He's oh. Boss Nass for crying out loud. In uh, he's Clayton. Uh, in. Uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. And unfortunately, Barry doesn't beneath sound like him. Though. Ten That's thousand digital effects. Oh, you, see, you hear him though. Oh yeah, <laughs> you get your hearing. I joked about this. It's just you know, he wakes up and goes nuts and destroys the lab. How cool! You know, he's climbed Mount Everest. No, really, he has climbed. Mount I believe Everest. that. Yeah, I would believe that. He he's one of these. I'm he, surprised he came back from Mount Everest because there was no air for him to scream at. He is one of these. I I, I I actually got tipped off on the Stephen Fry um, series QI where they were talking about Brian Blessed and, and Stephen Fry is good friends with Brian and he does a wonderful impression of Brian. But they taught they, that was one of the things they talked about on QI. Uh, quite interesting that that Brian Blessed has done all of these things. He's this advent, He's this real life adventurer. He goes out and he does these things. He's gone. And I think they talked about him. He's uh, the Great Wall. He's he's walked almost the entire Great Wall. He's climbed to the top of Mount Everest. He's done all these phenomenal things that you just you really build this man up as this big thing, and that's really who he is. I thought just makes him all that much cooler. It does. It absolutely <laughs> does. Um, how much fun would it have been to get to that part of the script to be the director and it's like, okay, Brian, here's what I want you to do: <laughs> destroy this room. <laughs> <laughs> just. Go crazy! Just, 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 just okay. I mean, how would you do? You think? Oh, he, do you think he got a lot of direction on that? No, or was it just I'm sure be they just you? said, "Hey, be Brian Blessed." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Was, was, <laughs> was, it, was, was it a Star Wars line where it was like you know it was written and they fight and he went okay? Just, <laughs> it was probably he gets up, flips over one table. Okay. <laughs> Just, Brian, stop. We need that. Brian, stop. <laughs> I, I hope they were smart enough to film that last. Otherwise, the set design might have cost more than the spaceship effect from the first film. Who was it that uh, texted us and said, uh, or texted me specifically, or not texted, uh, uh, tweeted me specifically saying that Brian Blessed was the voice on their tour bus? Over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't it, see that. That is so one, cool. One of our, uh, Beatles. Um, oh, uh, Beetle tweet? No, not Beetle tweets. It's um, it's Beetle something. Yeah, and I uh, apparently yeah. wasn't following, so I immediately she, jumped. She's on that. a new listener. She's a new listener. Yeah, it's a guy. Was it? He's no, a, he's it's a, a guy. No, it's a girl. Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a girl. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. that's not. Who it it was Br- Rachel. 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 No, no, no. Rachel. The Rachel was not the one that tweeted that though. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, that I wasn't was. her. She joined us this week. Thank you for joining us, by the way. Yeah, Rachel. thanks and welcome, Rachel. And I started following Rachel too. That was not who tweeted. Well, there that. were two people that I started following because of a result of this that I wasn't apparently following before. So. Yeah, no. She she tweeted along, and we we chatted with her, and, and she had to leave halfway through. She did well, okay. most of the way through. Then yeah. we get to the third. Half. I thought we got to the third. Yeah, whoever won the fact that Brian Blessed is the voice of the tour bus. 
I want to go to where you live and ride the tour bus. <laughs> Just because it's have you, have you seen the, 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 I don't know if it's real or not, but he's doing the, uh, I don't know if it's a, a fake you know, one of those joke ads, or if it's actually just them playing with the idea of it being actually him. He apparently does GPS stuff. Yeah. Like for Tom Tom, he's one of the voices. Stuff, and yeah. it was like, how cool would it be to have Brian Blessed on your Tom Tom? <laughs> Turn left now. Oh, it was uh, at Marcus Judge. Marcus Lionel Judge. At Vortex Grin, Glenn, he provides the voice for our local tour bus. <laughs> And then he tagged it. Mind warp, Friday Night Who, Doctor Who. The guy wasn't, the guy wasn't watching with us. Just he just, he saw that. He was like, he provides a voice for our local tour. I, I just, I cannot. And that, I, I will freely admit, my enjoyment and why I would give it a bigger sound and other than what Keith gave it is purely based on the fact that it's Brian Blessed yeah, being Brian Blessed. He, he's what he makes this the most enjoyable. This story so much. And I, I love the fact that he gets those little tender moments with Perry. But his idea of a yeah. tender moment is picking her up in and his mighty arms, her, yeah. squeezing her, lifting her, pursuing her, like, my lady! <laughs> I just, there is nothing about him that I don't like. I want to jump in here and say, Blessed attempted to climb Mount Everest three times, attaining heights of 28,200 feet in 93, 25,200 feet in 96, but without reaching the summit. He has, however, climbed to the tops of Mount Acragura in Argentina, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, which I, that's the one I remember them saying mm. in QI he has, he has made it to the top of. He's also the oldest man to trek to the North Magnetic Pole on foot and has undertaken expeditions in jungles in Venezuela, during which he survived a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brian Blessed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think we need a biopic. <laughs> Who would play him? Who would play him? You'd have to get Brian Blessed. He would play himself. (laughs) Brian Blessed, we salute you. (laughs) That is fascinating. Great, isn't that great? It really makes you wonder. I mean, is now? I I mean, I mean, no disrespect. Is it that he's that cool, or is he nuts? Might be a little. I mean, you, you look at Brian. I've seen him in interviews and stuff where he he screams and does everything. Right, he, right. He's kind of playing that character yeah. of himself. Are they interviewed him for the uh, uh, the uh, bonus feature? Yeah, the, we didn't watch any of that. I, yeah, I queued the, up the one thing. Kind of I queued up one thing, and the first thing that popped up was Mel, and I'm like, well, we're not watching that because <laughs> I can't show him anything. <laughs> so I'm afraid of all of the special features on this are going to spoil something. So, and to answer your question, when you were talking about, do you suppose that uh, they wrote this with Brian? Or I said I think they probably wrote it with him in mind. You ask if he, they. Uh, I asked if they did, and you said they, you probably, they, they probably, probably wrote it with him in mind. Yeah. Uh, they actually did not. They wrote this, and the character came across on the page, and the, the, the I don't know, it was the casting director or the director actually said, you know, we need to get Brian Blessed in for this part. <laughs> so it wasn't like it was written for him or with him in mind, but when they finally sat down and looked at the character that was on page, they went, Brian Blessed, <laughs> so we need to play this. So. That's the, the correct that, answer to every yeah, yeah, stick uh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Brian, Brian Blessing. <laughs> <laughs> there is such thing as miscasting. No, not when it's Brian Blessing. Think about how, the, okay, it's a tragedy that Marco Polo doesn't exist right now. It's an absolute tragedy. Think about how much greater that tragedy would be if Brian Blessed played Genghis Khan. <laughs> oh. yeah. I mean, it just, he, he, he it's so, ah, uh, I cannot <laughs> just, yes, oh. more. But do you think, do you think he's just, I think I'm going to walk to the magnetic North Pole today. <laughs> Why? 
Why not? Because it needs to be done. <laughs> Why not? Where's your spirit of adventure? I can just see him sitting around his living room thinking of things to do. And, mo- and, and monologuing to himself in Brian Blessed voice. See, I don't even think it's so much that. I'm I think going to the store. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I could use a bottle of wine. <laughs> I think oh. I'll go at the Cabernet tonight. Dive! <laughs> That's him opening the wine bag. And, he, and it's, it's the samurai sword version. You know, where you go. <laughs> He's probably cliff dive. He's probably stood on the top of some big thing in, in, in Hawaii and gone, dive! And jumped off. Of, I just. I want. That's my. No, no, no. He's over at uh, Stephen Fry's house. They're in the back. Hey, let's go swimming. He gets on the little tiny <laughs> diving board and goes, dive! Dive! <laughs> That's the new reality show. I want to f- forget Busey. I want to follow Brian Blessed around with a hey film Brian, crew. Brian, where do you want to eat today? You want to go someplace fancy? No, let's go to a dive! As <laughs> 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 we've gone off the deep end at this point. <laughs> dive! <laughs> What's up, guys? Did you purposely set that up? Did you yeah. write that? Give me a five. <laughs> this is only funny if you've seen Flash Gordon. <laughs> That's the kicker. So many of our listeners are going, I don't get it. <laughs> he Why never said dive in this entire story. Why are you going on and on and on this guy? If you haven't seen Flash Gordon, oh, go watch it. Oh, gosh. Yes. my God. So... Yeah, Brian <laughs> Warp, Brian Blessed, Brian Blessed. I just now had the realization that now two Doctor, that two Doctor Who actors or two people actors that have been in Doctor Who were in Flash Gordon. I just now made that connection oh, for some yeah. reason. We had uh, Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> I'm sitting and running through in my head. Good, I wasn't the only who one. Who the heck was it? Who was it? Who Sam was Jones. It? Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> you know who we need to get now is Tolpor. <laughs> Isn't he dead? Probably. I thought he died. Yeah. Oh, anyway, okay. Depressed. Sorry to bring you down. Why do you have to do All that? All right. <laughs> What's next on the schedule? <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, it's not Brian Blessed. Uh, <laughs> next week, we get Terror of the Vervoids on Friday Night Who as we continue the third installment of Trial of a Time Lord. And then we will, uh, on our show next week, number 134, we will be reviewing Terror of the Vervoids. And Doctor Who Revisited number six, which Brenda was kind enough to supply us with. Yep. So we will be talking about that. I have not watched that yet. That was of all the stuff that we've done <laughs> and prepared for Colin Baker. I've been way ahead of the curve, and I keep forgetting that one. So, so well, there it is. It's on your homework's plate for right. next week. And then we finish off the last week, the 26th of July. We finish off Travel Time Lord with The Ultimate Foe. The Ultimate Foe. And then we will be discussing that and the Travel Time Lord overall arc, along with our 50th anniversary discussion of the Sixth Doctor era. All right. So there is that. And I will hopefully have more of the schedule beyond Travel Time Lord posted for you sometime this We're week. We're still working that out, but I think we've got the key. I, th- I think, we've, we've worked the key I think we have fixed the... Uh, the glitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's not getting a paycheck now? Well, we fixed it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Well, if that's going to be, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Brian Blast. I'm Keith. 
And I'm the white buffalo. <laughs> oh, dude, if he played space buffalo, it would have been so much better. <laughs> oh, I said white. Yeah, I meant space buffalo. Why are you a white buffalo? I don't know. <laughs> Good night, I'm everybody. the space buffalo. <laughs> don't be a space buffalo. Don't be yeah, a space don't buffalo. Be a space buffalo. This Cheers. Is, this important PSA is brought to you by <laughs> Brian Blast. <laughs> don't be a space <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> Be a box set. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.